0: This is Tipton Girls Basketball Coach Matt Bolcher and you are listening to the Coach's Corner Podcast.
1: Coach's Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stonebricker. Thanks for listening. It's a new year and I caught up with some of our area coaches to talk about the first half of the season here in the winter months. From a time where there were fears of even having a winter sports season to now, where we sit halfway through the season with ever-busy January on the horizon, let's be thankful for what we've had so far. On today's program, in no particular order, Tipton Girls basketball coach Matt Bolger, Wilton Girls basketball coach Jake Serrata, Naui Valley Girls Basketball Coach Brian Eisbach, West Branch Girls Basketball Coach Jared Ty Lee, Tipton Boys Basketball Coach Brad Buckwalt, Dram Boys Basketball Coach Matt Strauby, North Cedar Boys Basketball Coach Robert Helgerson, and Tipton Wrestling Coach Matt Niram. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Coach Garner Podcast. We're catching up with Tipton boys basketball coach Brad Buckwald. Coach, welcome on. How are we doing today, Ryan? Good. It is Christmas break and you guys are in your longest extended time off from competition here over Christmas. How are things going?
2: Uh good. You know, we uh you know we started break, you know, kind of on the, on the wrong side of 500. You know, we dropped a game at, at North Cedar last Tuesday and it put us at three and four going into break. You know, you'd definitely like to go four and three into break and, and be on the wrong right side of 500. Um, but, you know, gave the boys a couple of days off, um, over the holidays there. And then we just came back Monday and we're going to try and hit it hard this week and, and, and get after it again. It's what I think it's, you know, this holiday time, winter season, uh, sports in Iowa is kind of weird. Um, as you know, you know, with a, with a layoff or, you know, no games, no activities, um, other than just practices during this time or, you know, if you can get a scrimmage in, you get a scrimmage in. Um, but again, I think it's a, it's a great time for us, um, just to kind of hit the reset button. Um, like we said, we're three and four, hit the reset button and, and try and refocus ourselves as we make the big push here after, after Christmas.
1: You say reset button. I would argue that you don't have much. It's not a full press of a button. You guys had uh, um, an opening season win at Regina, 49-46. and Coach Regina's a good team. And I know they they uh, you know it's first game and stuff, but you know you don't want that to be the highlight of the of the of the season. But you know it, that might be the highlight of the first half.
2: It's definitely the highlight of our first half. You know, again, you know, it it was our first game out. And, you know, the boys came out with a lot of energy and and did exactly what we wanted to. And, and, yeah, we got that first win out of the way, you know, on our first night on the floor. So, you know, that was definitely a highlight for us, you know. And then you add in our other two wins with Midland and and West Liberty, you know, and it does give us three wins. and, And, again, sitting at three and four, you know, I'm not disappointed in that record one bit, um, you know, and it's what I try and remind the guys of, you know, yeah, four and three would be great, but three and four is not, not anything to to shake your head at either. So I mean, it could be worse. You know, so, you know, we're still trying to do what we can do.
1: The the victory of Regina was first one since I believe it was 2016 is kind of a long time since we had beaten Regina and at Regina, nonetheless. Um, I also thought the Midland victory was a good one. That was a Monday night, if I remember right. And that was the start of a three-game week, our first one of the season. And that game was kind of crazy because we had to, you know, we were down early and had to fight back. We had two separate uh, 8-0 runs, one to end the second quarter and one to start the third quarter. And, you know, I thought that was a a nice, uh, you know, that was five games into the year. And that was kind of an interesting point of the first half, too
2: yeah yeah you know and and it's i don't know if it's just going to be our thing i guess this season is you know we we tend to spot you know the opponents uh a few points at the beginning of of our games and you know like i said we we were down early with with midland and then we did it the very next night um at home against west liberty and spotted them nine points at the beginning and then had to turn around and call that one back and, and turn it around. So, you know, you, you take those these bright spots. You know, like these two eight zero runs here that you talked about in the second quarter, start of the third quarter. You know, the win at Regina. Um, I'm trying to remember now against West Liberty. I think the second quarter was a was a 20 point quarter for us or a 25 point quarter for us. Um, you know, so I definitely take these highlights in the first half of the season.
1: You guys have. Um some good games coming up after the break. It's kind of exciting from my perspective, because you guys play teams I cover too. So, you know, those regional, uh, uh rivals, uh, you know, you have Duran at home at Wilton and then Bellevue on that Saturday. So our second three game week, and then, uh, we turn around and play cow wheat that following Monday. And then Regina on, uh, also that week. So five games within like a 10 day stretch. So some of the, uh, holiday uh, preparations, kind of looking ahead to that. As far as okay, you know, we have we have uh, our, our list of to do things that you keep after you get through the games we've gotten, and but at the same time, you can't focus too much on that because you know you have you have to have a plan for those first ten days in a way. If nothing else, just to figure out where the minutes are coming all those all those games, right?
2: Exactly. Um, yeah, you know, a big portion of what we've been doing over the, the break here is just kind of, like we said, just kind of refocusing um, our attention on, on what we want to try and do in games and get established in terms of habits and things like that. Um, I thought we kind of lost that going into, into, into the break a little bit with a couple games going, coming into the break there. We kind of lost our offensive way a little bit. So we've taken some time here in practice. Um, over the break and try and reestablish some of those, those positive habits that we want, want the boys to look at, you know, when they're on the floor. Um, but then again, you know, we, we just talked, yeah, you know, we kind of gave them the rundown and said, Hey, you know, we got five games coming out of break, you know, that are, are going to be winnable games for us, you know, as long as we take care of business. Coach, let's take a
3: look, you
1: know, at- preseason you were uh, a new varsity coach and uh, how have things gone I mean you've been around the, the conference for a long time you've been around the Tipton program a long time but you know did you have one of those uh, Norman Dale experiences that first uh, game with Regina it's like welcome to RBC basketball
2: yeah yeah you know it's uh, like I said been around a long time and and seen you know seen changes uh, you know across the conference and and schools and things like that but uh you know sitting in a different role wearing a different hat now um you know it definitely it, it was good to get to the game you know just to get to that first game and knowing that you know once those games started and then you know having the practices in between things like that you know things kind of. would kinda, Calm down a little bit, I, you know, I would think, but uh, yeah, you know, just a lot of different things, um, you know, that, that, you know, you don't normally think about, you know, as an assistant coach in terms of schedules and and travel time and transportation and and trying to coordinate with, with other coaches and schools and things like that. A lot of, a lot of things were up in the air at the beginning. So, yeah, stepping on the floor that, that first game, I was, you know, I was just ready to go because it was, it was back to games.
1: Well, it's kind of exciting because you know, you kind of have to make do with what you have when you have it, and you you know you don't have a you do have a depth chart. You know, you have to kind of, and you have uh, are fortunate enough to have um, some good assistant coaches, um, some that have had head coach experience to kind of lean on, and you know, not, not all head coaches have
2: that. Right. Right, you know, they've been a huge help, um, systems have so far this year in terms of just kind of being flexible and, and absorbing, you know, new information. Um, again, are, are all new, um, to the program, um, in terms of being coaches again this year and, and with the changes that, that we've put in, you know, they've, they've come to practice and games and things like that ready to, you know, absorb what, what I'm telling the guys, what, what we're trying to get across. And then, again, they put their own spin on it and the conversations that they have with the players as well.
1: Let's take a look at some of the leaders here. You have two seniors, two juniors leading the way, and then a trio of sophomores in the, in the points scored. Caden Rezac leads us in scoring with just under nine points a game. And Caden's had a uh, – I can't be more happier for him. He's had a, a high school career, uh, just some hard luck, tough luck injuries here and there, and he's getting his shot. In the senior year, and you know, you factor in pandemic stuff, you don't know if you are going to have a season, and it's just I don't know. I have a I have a special. Uh, I am excited for Caden that he's getting this uh, that he's had what he's had so far.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, you know, he's a little slow start to a senior year, but uh, again, he's starting to find his groove a little bit. And again, like you said, you know, you know, he's had one of those unfortunate you know high school careers where you know. A couple of years you know it's some of his seasons are marred by injury and to see him have start to have this success on the basketball floor and you know and he's a basketball kid has you know he's from a basketball family so um yeah definitely excited to you know see what he can do
1: after christmas here and as we hit the the big stretch of the season just sitting outside the top 10 of the uh in the points for the south division he's uh there's a lot of people kinda of jumbled up in the after the top three guys and um so yeah, he's kinda of flirting with that. Um two juniors next, Bob Ryan, Cody Bowman, and uh these guys have been interesting. You know, Cody's kinda of had uh, some nice runs and uh he's provided a little spark out there. Bob's kinda of taking the point guard position over.
4: Yeah.
2: You know, going into the season, um, that was kind of my thought was to have Bob, you know, kind of fill that role. And, and we got to look at it last year, um, at the start of last season when Trent Pelzer was injured. And, you know, we essentially just threw Bob into that role. You know, he went from fresh off to all of a sudden, hey, you're going to be the starting varsity point guard game one for the first you know, five, six games of the season, you know, best of luck, you know, here we go. And I think he, he took that experience to heart. And then he used the rest of his his sophomore year last year at JV, you know, the second half of the season and really started to build that confidence to the point where he knew that he could come in and, and be a, a starting varsity point guard in this conference. Um, Cody Bowman, I mean, the, the kid's long and athletic. And, you know, that's what he uses to his abilities right now. And, and he's effective for us. Um, you know, he's shooting it pretty efficiently. You know, he's shooting about, he's about 55% um, field goal shooter on the season right now. Um, just trying to find him confidence where he can knock down threes. Um, I know he's got one on the year and, and knock down some of those open jump shots and make the move. You know, he is a little more slender. You know, so against some bigger bodies, he kind of bounces around a little bit. But I think once he gets it in his head that that he can compete in this conference, he's going to be a, a handful for sure.
1: You have Cole Steering, I like to call him the assassin. Everyone in the gym knows what he's going to do, and he can still do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, I'm going to miss Cole. You know, he's uh, uh, he's a guy you have to pay attention to. You know, he doesn't look like uh, he he can be out there a long time, but he does, and he gets out there and fires away, he gets a shot off, and, you know, it's one thing to to just kind of shoot in rhythm and stuff, but, you know, when teams know that that's what you're going to do and you can still do it, I think that says something, too.
2: Yeah, you know, Cole's kind of had a, a slow start. I'd kind of compare it to, you know, Jordan Bohannon's little little stretch here where he had, you know, before last night's game for Iowa, but uh, where he wasn't shooting the ball very well. Cole kind of had a, a couple – you know, cold streaks, cold games. You know, in terms of, of his shooting. But again, we're hoping coming out of the holiday break that he kind of gets back hot again, and definitely into these five games that we have coming out that are winnable games for us. Um, someone that can get that shot off for us. And again, yeah, it's crazy. You know, you know, it kind of goes. You say, you know, he gets a shot off, and I mean, we talked about at the beginning of the season. everyone in the conference is going to know, hey, Cole's a three-point shooter for us, and. You know, it's a you know, compliment to his teammates that they're able to draw some of that attention away and give Cole some of those open books as well.
1: Trios, sophomores, Davis Webb, Caden Smith, Ty Nichols, each have had kind of their moments. Uh, Ty Nichols had nine points, I think, against North Cedar. Um, he had a couple big three-pointers in that game. Caden Smith had six points in a nice run at Midland uh, that was part of those two... Uh, end of the half beginning of the half runs at Midland and Davis is kind of finding his way you know he's had some glimpses and you know when these three kind of are going to be the next I I would say wave you know after this year they're going to be asked to do more than what they are now and uh, there's some glimpses there that they're going to be okay.
2: Yeah yeah you know they're again they're they're young guys so they're just sophomores and, and they're trying to find their way in the you know, the varsity realm with the RVC. And, you know, we talked and said, you know, we don't have a lot of, of varsity experience coming into the season, but, um, you know, and so we knew life was going to be tough and at times it was going to seem really tough for these guys. But, you know, each one of them is starting to kind of find their way, find their confidence, you know, in their abilities and what they can do for us on the floor. Um, so definitely looking forward to them coming out of break with building on top of, of these, you know, kind of spurts where, where we've seen them have, that they've had.
1: Last well, two guys we'll talk about is Shoei and state champion Caleb Shoemaker and Xander Shut, another one of those sophomores that will be uh, around for a couple more years. And, you know, those guys come in, they do their job, and can't ask much more for them. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, Xander Shut, another sophomore. Big body, you know. Looking forward, you know. We talked to him um, at the beginning of the season um, in terms of his role this year coming into into the season, and he. Get some JV minutes as well as some varsity minutes. And so, you know, we talked about him just trying to dominate at that JV level and then, you know, take advantage of the minutes that he gets on the varsity floor. And, you know, we've unfortunately had some games where it's been kind of a an up-and-down type game and, you know, a bigger body like Xander. You know, that that fast-break type game isn't always necessarily his cup of tea, but, you know, we're definitely looking forward to trying to get him some more minutes on the, on the floor here uh, varsity-wise. You know these first five games coming out of break, and I mean, you can't say enough about Caleb Shoemaker. I mean, he's like the the ultimate teammate. You know, he's he's a kid that you could be up fifty, you could be down fifty. The kid's got a smile on his face, and he just absolutely enjoys being on the floor with you know with his buddies and and competing. And again, for for the other guys, I mean, having someone like Caleb, who is who we are able to say, hey this is a state champion, you know, learn, learn from his methods, you know, what did, you know, learn from his mentality, you know, what what was that like for him as he pushed towards that, you know, the state title this year in cross country and, and this and that. And so it's great for, for our young guys um, to, you know, be able to have someone like Caleb on the team.
1: Coach, I appreciate your time this morning. It's uh, hard to believe we're <laughs> halfway through or, Perver- the the unofficial halfway point of the season, but you know, January will be busy and look forward to uh, continuing to tell your story here on the podcast. Good luck as you get ready for the second half of the season.
2: Hey, thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. I got a pair of hair on my shoulder. It's a bearing, it's there and it's
5: bolder. Like I show you my am no bolder. Yes, I'm a soldier. Against everything square, I'm unsightly. I know look good, so don't find me. All I need is a, a And then I'm ready.
1: Because I day. Welcome back to the Coach Corner Podcast. We're catching up with Durant, boys basketball coach, Matt Strauby. Coach, welcome on the podcast.
3: Thanks for having me on, that. Matt, it is
1: the unofficial last big run of open space on the basketball schedule. Uh, we're at Christmas break. You guys are deep into that as we start the second week of Christmas break. And uh, how are things going?
3: Well, um, you know, like, I mean, you and I are just talking. I've been in quarantine, so I haven't been able to be there. Um, and unless I can test out of it, I think I'm in quarantine until January 5th, which is our first game back. Um, but, uh, you know, Austin Halls, my, my assistant varsity coach, has been running things um kind of keeping me in the loop we've been talking about things we want to have done at practices things like that anything we want to implement or whatever um he says it's been going pretty well so um you know for the most part hopefully they're um you know putting in some good effort and and improving right now because we need to
1: and that's one of the cool things about you guys uh down durant you guys have had cohesiveness in your coaching staff um since you've taken over um you know, you you guys have had, there's always been at least one, sometimes two, sometimes everybody. Um, I think that's huge in, in, in just in general, but, you know, you're, you're seeing the benefits of that, you know, right now.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, you know, um, Austin has filled in for me. I've, I've had to miss a couple of games over the last couple of years and stuff for various reasons. You know, uh, my son being born two years ago, I was sicker than a dog one time last year in the middle of the winter. And then uh, um, this year was being out in COVID for quarantine, having to miss two games. And, um, you know, I, I trust him immensely. Matt,
1: let's take a look back at uh, what you were talking about in the preseason. You guys had uh, um, some new faces and new places. And the big theme, I thought, and if I remember this correctly, was you guys didn't have everyone all together at the beginning of the year for various reasons. And you were, um, trying to work through those things early on.
3: Yeah. Um, you know, we had, had a bunch of kids in quarantine at the beginning. Um, it, you know, one of which uh, was a kid we thought might end up being our point guard. Um, so that kind of struck, or you know, hurt us a bit. We weren't able to get a lot of continuity through stuff, and it just—it seems like that's kind of been the the theme of the year for us too. Had some of the same issues over Thanksgiving break. Uh kids going on a trip another one having to miss some practice another one going hunting like you know like it's it, it's just been tough being able to like I said have everybody there and, and to really be building on stuff especially since we're you know a young group that hasn't played a lot of
1: coach this isn't this next question is not an excuse uh, building an excuse I think that our listeners would agree with me and probably with you as well you I I'd be hard-pressed to find a uh, River Valley Conference School has played a tougher schedule here in the preseason. Uh, not preseason, but uh, in the first half. You guys have Monticello, Comanche; those are state-ranked teams. Bellevue, at Bellevue, always not fun. Um, Animosas, tough. Wilton, you know, a rival game. West Branch has proved to be a, a, a solid team. Is now there in the rankings? Uh, is that fair to say, or am I crazy?
3: I mean, I haven't looked too closely at everybody else's schedule, but yeah, I'd agree that we've had a very difficult start to our season. Um, just from the standpoint, again, West Branch right out of the gate, usually a very strong team, had a lot returning from a very good team from last year. Um, Comanche, again, lost some, but again, you know, always a well run program. uh Monticello might be the best team in the state, you know. Uh, Definitely a good team that could uh, make it to 3A and state playoffs and potentially end up winning it this year. You know, if they were at the 2A level, I'd say they'd probably be one of the favorites, if not the favorite. Um, and they're killing everybody, so that was a fun one to have going into Christmas break with. Um, but, you know, the big thing, our conference is just so good all the time anyway. Uh, it doesn't really matter where you end up playing. Certain people, you're going to have a bunch of good teams. You're going to end up playing, and, and it's always a difficult schedule. So, um, yeah, I don't think anyone's feeling sorry for us by any means.
1: What do you guys want to get done over Christmas break? You guys come out of Christmas break with some uh, um, some fun games on, from my perspective because you guys play teams that I cover. So you start at Tipton uh, on the uh, Tuesday, the fifth. You go. You host North Cedar on the eighth. And then Cascade comes to town the next day on Saturday. So a three-game week waiting for you out of the Christmas break.
3: Yeah, um, you know, uh, I think they're all winnable games too. Um but you know, one of the big things we're just looking to, to do over Christmas break is to continue to get better. A lot of it's with our decision-making, um, and our, our, ball security, things like that. Those have been some areas where we struggled early on this year and we just have to continue improving and growing. Um, and you know, with some of the kids, it's just getting more and more time right now playing at the varsity level. Hopefully the game slows down a little bit for them. Um, and, and just starts to get a little easier. You know, and I thought we saw some flashes of that before break, um, the Comanche game especially i thought we played a really good first half and and played them pretty tough most of the game um that was even though you know i think we ended up getting beat by like 18 i thought that was probably our best played game of the season so that was a good thing to see um monticello first half of that game um you know uh kind of weird having to watch it on the stream and stuff instead of able to be there but uh um You know, we we handled their pressure fairly well in the first half. You know, it probably would have been within 10 points or so, but we think we only hit one of like five or six free throws in the first half and missed four or five bundles. You know, if we could just go ahead and put, you know, hit some easy shots, hit the free ones, we've got five to 10 point ball game and we're feeling problem. And those are things we needed to see. So, you know, we just got to continue that going forward.
5: You guys,
1: let's take a look at some of the uh, individuals here. You guys have three of your five starters are juniors or sophomores. Um, two seniors round out the starting normal starting lineup. Nolan DeLong, Garrett, Holenbach are the two leaders in points, and they are sophomores, and they have really impressed me from their athleticism that I've seen in the game so far.
3: Yeah, I, I, I'd absolutely agree. And, and, you know, there are two best players. Um, Garrett put in a a ton of work over the summer uh, and fall trying to get better. And Nolan's just a really gifted athlete, obviously. Um, And, uh, yeah, we're going to continue to build around them for the next three years. And, you know, they'll kind of take us where we need to. Just, you know, big things with them. Nolan's got to be a little bit better with the ball. A few too many turnovers, and we're asking him to do a lot. You know, he's having to guard the other team's best player then then handle the ball a bit for us and, and create. And that's, that's a lot to ask for a kid, especially a sophomore. Um, and Garrett, you know, thing with him, he's really just we talked about got to let the game start to slow down for him. He showed some flashes this year. Uh, we just got to get consistency from him and, and get him healthy. He's had a little bit of an ankle thing bugging him, too. Uh, I think he missed the Bellevue, or missed most of the Bellevue game and, and all the Monticello game with that, so getting him healthy will help, too. Um, but, yeah, those those two, like I said, have, have done a, a really nice job for us so far as sophomores.
1: An all-around game, too. You know, they, they lead you guys in rebounding, uh, a handful of assists and steals uh, up near the uh, – top half of your guys' team, and, you know, coach, you know, I fall into this trap all the time about thinking the play, that players are older than they are, and, you know, I'm always, well, I've asked you many times, it's like, hey, is so-and-so, so and is a sophomore or a junior or, or whatever, and um, I always get the same, same look from every coach, you yourself included, it's like, come on, you should know this, <laughs> you know, but it's like, you have to bring those kids along. I mean, no one belongs to all-state football player, but, you know, sophomore basketball player too, you know, it's, he's not just a football player. So you, you still have to teach these kids a different game, and, you know, they're coming up from, you're asking them to do different things, and I'm sure that's a, uh, like you said, I mean, there's flashes and then there's, you know, growing pains, and there's there'll be more, hopefully, flashes than growing pains, obviously, that you want.
3: Oh yeah, I mean you know you look at a kid like Nolan too. I'd probably say basketball is his third sport, and maybe maybe even his fourth sport because I mean he's a hell of a track runner. Um, and we didn't get to see him last year when the track season got canceled. But I don't know if you, I, I know this is middle school and it's you know it is what it is. But I don't think he ever lost a one hundred or two hundred uh, meter race at any point in seventh or eighth grade. You know, so uh, he's going to be a heck of a track runner too. Um, But yeah, a kid like him, who, like I said, I'd say basketball is probably his third or fourth sport, but he's, he's grown tremendously over the last year. His shots really improved, forms a lot better. Um, he can really kind of get to whatever spot he wants to on the court. You know, if we can get him in space, especially he's, he's doing a heck of a job there for us. Um, but yeah, just, you know, you're talking just some of the younger kids and stuff too. Um. Yeah, it seems like across the conference we've got some kids that, you know, I'm in the same boat as you that you see them and it's like, man, are they ever going to graduate? You know, and like, uh, what is it, Caden Kirkman over at Wilton thinking we've got to deal with him for another couple of years still after this. You know, and and it's just we've got a lot of good players that are really young across the conference that that play for a long time.
1: You guys have the next three guys. We're going to talk about Kobe Polson, Drake chiu
3: so Shalongoski.
1: Shalongoski. I'm sorry to the their family. I butchered that. But then Keegan Head, you know, those are the other three starters. And, Coach, you guys have long, in my opinion, gotten the most out of your players, whether they're um, all-conference, all-district or whatever, or the, the 12th guy on the bench. And I, I just think that you guys are getting a lot out of these three guys. And they have different uh, uh, paths to where they're at now. And they, uh, they're having
3: the best they can right now. Yeah, um, you know, with them, too, we're trying some different things as I'm trying to find the right fit right now. Um, we, knew, we knew ball handling was going to be a little bit of an issue this year, and we thought Kobe would be the point guard um, kind of coming into it, and uh, you know him missing the first couple weeks, being in quarantine, didn't help any. Um, we've kind of shifted a little bit. We're we're trying to get Drake to be that guy now. I think he's doing a heck of a job. Um, he's you know still got to be a stronger with the ball, but decision making is getting better. He's not getting himself in as many bad spots right now. But uh, you know put him there, that way Kobe could be off the ball because Kobe's one of our better shooters, and that way Nolan wouldn't have to have the pressure of bringing it up and, like I said, defending the best player and doing doing it all all the time, you know. So just trying some different things there. Uh, but those three guys, Drake, Kobe, Keegan, you know, they, they do a lot of different things for us. Keegan was a guy last year who really did a nice job rebounding and, and doing some of the dirty work for the team, and, you know, that's continuing this year. Um, he's had to step up do a little more trying to score the basketball than, than last year. And I just think some of that stuff, too, he, he didn't get as much gym time this year with, you know, baseball over the summer and then and then focusing on football and things like that. So I think he's a little rusty right now. But, you know, uh, I think his season's going to turn around and he's going to give us a little bit more consistency on the offensive end and, and kind of maybe be that third or fourth scorer we need right now.
1: Several other players uh, um, have seen uh seen time on the court and i know that that's a focus here over christmas break is uh you know maybe giving uh um getting some uh guys some more uh work to get get some bench play here in the second half
3: yeah um carter which has you know it took a couple of games but he's really kind of kind of uh uh what's what am i trying to say it the game's starting to come to him a little bit, you know, and and he's really starting to do some nice things. We thought he'd be a good energy guy, play defense, We you know, throw a name out there like a Joey Tobin from about five or six years ago. Uh, And he's been able to do a little bit of that for us. And and like I said, the game's slowing down for him. Uh, We still need to get a little more out of Bryce Sarnetsky and Ben Orr. Um, They're going to be a big part of the team, especially for the next, you know, two years or so, and and we just, Ben's a confidence thing right now, you know, he just needs to see the ball go through the hoop once or twice, and I think it'll be some fine for him, his ball handling's gotten a lot better since the beginning of the year, Bryce, kind of the same thing, just, you know, he's a kid who's battled injuries for the last handful of years, he's got some bad knees, it's a really unfortunate situation, um, so he's missed a lot of time, so it's just, you know, again, getting his feet wet and building confidence, um, you know, hopefully that starts to happen with him a little bit.
1: Coach, I look forward to seeing how the rest of the season goes. There's a lot of fun games waiting to happen. I appreciate your time here this morning. Good luck as you get ready for the second half.
3: All right, thanks, Ryan.
1: Welcome back to the Coach Corner Podcast. We're catching up with Nottoway Valley girls basketball coach, Brian Eisbach. Brian's a new voice uh, on the podcast here this winter. Uh, had a lot of um, good conversations with Coach. Brian, welcome on.
0: Good to be
1: with you. Thanks for having me. It's been kind of exciting to have you on here. I know uh, there's been several people make comments about, uh, where's Nataway Valley? And then when I tell them, to, <laughs> tell them, they're like, oh, that makes sense. So, I've kind of enjoyed uh, following along a different part of the state as well. And, you know, it's kind of exciting to uh, broaden horizons in a way. You know, you guys have uh, a good team. You guys go into Christmas break. You're ranked number five in Class 2A. And how are things going?
5: Going pretty well. Um, just got back, started with practice on uh, Monday and so the first couple of days of this week and we had to alter our uh, practice schedule yesterday a little bit with the weather of course but um, kids are in a good mood kids are excited about uh, what's in store and, and the message obviously with our kids has been all along, you know, do what you can to stay healthy and stay uh, eligible to play with COVID and everything else going on in the world so so far, knock on wood, we've uh, we've done pretty good with that, pretty well with that and uh, now just gearing up for uh, kind of a little bit of self-improvement throughout break just working on some different skills and and uh, putting some new things in, we haven't had a chance through our first seven games to run a whole lot of half-court uh, offense, which is good and bad. Um, but really trying to drill down on us and uh, the little things that we're going to need to do from here on out to uh, first uh, win our conference and then second uh, make a deep run at the end of the season.
1: You guys came in as a ranked team in the preseason polls, and you know with that's expectations. And you know you guys were twenty and three last year, and. I don't know if this is fair to say but you know you you guys had some people knew who who you guys were coming into this year I would I would imagine and you know you guys that's a new position is that fair to say that you guys
5: oh absolutely it is yeah I, I agree with that yeah and and you know we uh we tied for uh the conference championship last year with Mount Air who actually uh is our first game out of break next Tuesday and um we got beat pretty badly by them our first game out of break last year on our home floor and our kids really rallied and, and took care of business when we saw them latter part of the season down on their floor um, to uh to a clinch you know at least 50 uh, percent of the conference championship and and this year we feel like we're in a position where we can take that uh, you know for ourselves and not have to share it with anybody that's the goal of course but um yeah definitely uh uh we, each year we've gotten a little farther um or, you know, a little bit more improved and this year, uh, seven or no is great, but you know, you and I have talked, uh, off air that, you know, we really haven't played other than Atlantic. You know, our schedule hasn't been that tough yet. And, and again, that's good and bad. It's good because you, you know, you get a lot of playing time for a lot of kids and, and it's bad because, you know, those, those close games with, you know, maybe some foul trouble against a really good team and, you know, as a coach having to make decisions on, you know, uh, on a whim, um, haven't had to do that yet and so uh you know we're looking to uh the second part of our season being a lot tougher um, day in and day out and and we're all pretty excited for it
1: now i know coach you you don't go into break trying to i mean you don't go into games thinking okay let's play with one hand behind our back you know um right. are some of the things during christmas break that you could work on or maybe you've already started to implement this like are you able to, you know, work on a lot of situations? Like, okay, we're going to run what we... We're going to do practice, but, you know, instead of uh, when we scrimmage or something, maybe maybe we say Mavic's Devault has four fouls on her right away. Or, you know, mm-hmm. Macy Coons, you can only dribble left-handed or whatever mm-hmm. during this time, <laughs> this stretch run or something. And do you, can you do little things like that to in prep for some of those things? Or is it just... I mean, how much can you prepare for what you don't know could be coming?
5: Well, I mean, that's a really good question, and and that is something that, you know, we struggle with. You only get so much time uh, to prepare, and and the nice thing about Christmas break is you've got, you know, no games for a few weeks. We did take a uh, uh, kind of an extended time off. Um, School decided that they wanted our kids to have a week off, and uh, the kids, actually the seniors, uh, Macy Coons and uh, some of the others, kind of peer pressured their teammates into getting together at our local fitness center to get some shots up at least and do a little bit of running and, and lifting. And you know, as a coach, that makes me pretty proud to know that our kids. I think our kids kind of embrace, you know, having a target on their back. Um, it's it is new for us. Uh, you know, two years ago we went to the regional semifinal. Uh, on paper, we should have got blown out by Panorama. We led. Almost the entire game lost it at the end. And I think we've tried to build on that as, as far as momentum, um, into last year and then now into this year. Last year we've talked about it. We were 20 and three, but you know, our seniors and, and, uh, some of the other kids that have been around have been with me in the three years I've been here. You know, we all agreed that we underachieved. 20 and three is great. It tied a school record for wins. We set all kinds of records for the school for girls basketball in Ottawa Valley, but ultimately we came up short and against a really good age, STW uh, you know, we we were down by double digits several times in that game came back out within one and just couldn't pull it out. And uh, I think the kids are finally starting to realize that if we do the little things and and we concentrate on us, uh, game in and game out, that, you know, we will be a tough out at the end of the season. Uh, at the same time, like you and I have discussed in past weeks, you know, if, if we decide one game we don't want to box out or, or we don't want to close out on a good three point shooter, then, you know, those are the things that ultimately end your season. And, and uh, that's what we try to focus on every day. But specifically to your question about practice, um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start doing a little bit more in the latter part of this week. We actually go to Cam tomorrow and scrimmage, um, and they are a top, I think six or seven team in one A. Uh, they actually beat Ahsdw earlier this year, and they're a tough team to to scrimmage. It's a lot of fun though, because you know it'll be uh, it'll be a good test for us and kind of see where we're at between now and our first game back against Mount Air.
1: You guys have uh, made some fun in as well, though. I've seen a few of the games uh, uh, from a distance uh, through various avenues. And, uh, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, uh, you know, that Atlantic game, you know, going into Christmas, seeing a a Christmas uh, look to you and uh, Coach Amy. uh, (laughs) Coach
5: Sevicius, yes. It it just seems
1: like you guys you know good teams have good chemistry and it seems like you know sometimes when things go off the rails for adversity that you know those things those type of things with chemistry can bring you back on or bring you closer to back on than not and
5: you guys just look like you have fun regardless we do and and i've said it a thousand times i mean we have really good kids i mean nice people good people um it just so happens that, you know, they can play some basketball and push each other at practice every day. And, and coach Savage and I going into that game, you know, Atlantic was going to be our biggest test to date. And, and part of that is, you know, some of the teams that we've seen, uh, you know, maybe graduated a lot of talent last year or in the last couple of years. And they're kind of rebuilding. I mean, not bad programs, just they're not where they usually are. And so we were really looking forward to that Atlantic game. And so were our kids. Atlantic's a three a school. Um, I think they're better than what their record reflects. Um, very athletic, uh, you know, and, and athletic teams are fun to play, especially when they can play basketball and, and, you know, Coach Savage and I going in the night before the game, I w- was thinking about trying to do something to lighten the mood a little bit, you know, and keep the kids smiling. And, you know, that's the thing we try to talk about all the time, especially in COVID, uh, in the pandemic is you're not guaranteed tomorrow. Um, you know, embrace this and and take a moment each each day or each practice or each game to just appreciate the fact that you know there's there's plenty of teams, plenty of kids out there that aren't able to play right now. Whether it's the state doesn't allow it or or they've had cases and they're all they're all in quarantine. Like you know, take advantage of this opportunity. And I know there's not fan, the fans in the stands that weren't you know accustomed to. But we've got people all over the Midwest that are from this area that are watching us online and sending us messages, and and, you know it's just it's a it's a really neat um, it's a really neat community, it's a really neat team, and very proud of where we're at. But obviously, we don't want to rest on that, and we have to keep uh, keep the hammer down and keep getting better every day.
1: Let's take a look at some of the players here in the first uh, unofficial first half of the season. Max Vault, leading scorer, uh, junior over uh, for you guys and. if if people don't know who she is, they're going to hear about her.
5: Absolutely. Yep. Yep. She, uh, she leads us in scoring at just under 23 a game. Um, She, she, she started since she was a freshman her first year and she was a pretty lethal three point shooter. It's not that she couldn't do other things. That's just what she was comfortable doing. And and we tried to take advantage of that the best we could. And, and last year she averaged 18 a game as a sophomore and, and, you know, started to see a lot more uh, face guarding and, and jump defenses to try to take her away. But where she's really, I think, impressed me as her coach is, you know, she's a, she's at a five rebound a game clip. Uh, um, last couple of years, it was one, two, maybe three re- a game and she's over four steals a game and almost two assists. So she's really, really advanced her game. Um, she's a great teammate. Um, she's not arrogant. She's not cocky. She, she easily could be with the stats that she puts up, but she's a lot of fun and, and, uh, I could go on all day about, all these kids, but yeah, she's definitely uh increased her uh, her skill level at, at all the asset,
1: all the uh uh you know different parts of the game, both sides of the ball. Freshman Lindsey Davis, senior Macy Coons, uh joined Maddox as uh um the steel <laughs> steals. Uh, sure. You know, you, you be you're yeah. greedy, you know, you have uh, Maddox and Lindsay with thirty steals, Macy Coons with twenty seven and I know you you referenced Macy as being muscle and uh and hair. Muscle hair. Yeah, but,
5: that's right. You know. That's right. She, uh, she's definitely, uh, the go-getter out there. I mean, she's one of those kids that, you know, um, good or bad, whether it's at practice or in a game, she, you know, you know, you're going to get her best and her teammates know that too. And they feed off of her. And, um, uh, Lindsay's at, I think the same as Maddox, 4.3 steals a game. Um, Macy's at, uh, just under four, right at four. Um. You know, and then you talk about uh, the glue. We always talk about Lexi Shike. She's a senior for us. She's averaging a double-double. She's at just over 10 a game per point points and almost 13 rebounds a game. She's had, I think, three games at 17 rebounds. Um, you know, and that's the thing. Like, we we really feel like our lineup, I mean, everybody talks about Maddox, and they're talking a lot about Lindsay as a freshman, and she does. She's done a great job. Um, she's averaging over 12 a game, and she did not start the first uh, two games of the season. But we've always really prided on positionless, prided ourselves on trying to be positionless and, um, and and on any given night, you know, the five to eight kids that regularly see, uh, extended minutes can light it up. You know, whether it's from three or whether it's on getting steals and getting out in transition, um, you know, we're not a team where it's just get the ball to Maddox or just get the ball to Lindsay and not that we can't be. It just, we try to utilize everybody and, and put every kid that we have in a position that they can uh, excel and help their team.
1: To our listeners, I apologize. Uh, as you know, we got a snowstorm here in the whole state. Um, actually our totals are similar to Greenfield's totals. Um, we have got over 10 inches and uh, my neighbors are uh, taking care of some of that snow. So if you hear a, a motor, that's what that is. I wanted to clarify that. So you know, bon and Lexi Shank. Uh, you know, that's kind of to me from what I've seen of the games is where things start. You guys get the ball up quick, and you guys get shots up quick, but you can't get into what you want to do without rebounds. It, it, Correct, just, absolutely. Is that fair to say? And these two guys. Oh yeah. Have... These two guys get into that.
5: Yeah, I mean, together they're at you know twenty rebounds a game. I think as a team we're at oh. I think we're at yeah, just over forty three a game, um, which is up for us from years prior. So, you know, I think they're uh I think they're starting to see you know the importance of uh, you know doing the dirty work, doing the little things, and and that's the thing too. I mean, you've got kids like Macy, who's uh, you know arguably the shortest kid on our roster. Um, she comes away with a lot of rebounds because she's fundamental and she gets low and she boxes out, and and you know we've used that. You know, as an example of practice with our kids is, you don't have to be six foot to be a good rebounder. You just have to want it, and little by little, um, we're improving every day. I think in that aspect, and and I think it shows uh, when we get on the floor.
1: The rest of your players, you know, you guys get in uh, a lot of players because you guys. I think it's good and bad. You 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 look at it different I than I do. I look at it as keeping the the program going in in a way. Like you guys, you guys are paying yourself forward with a lot of experience on the varsity level and kind of setting that baseline where you can have the improvement in a way. Like, you know, when you have your, uh, for lack of a better word, seven or eight through whatever you're dressing that night, playing against other teams, you know, second teams, maybe even sometimes first team, you know, the experience that they get, you're paying yourself forward where, you know, if you have the the top end people year in or once every three or four years or whatever, and that's how programs stay where they're at. And I know you guys have, uh, are looking to join the ranks of um, – you, know, you could argue you guys almost are there, you know, but, you know, you, you, you want to be in those conversations year in, year out, not just, you know, when you have that great player.
5: Absolutely. And, you know, that's, it, it is. It's a double-edged sword. I know you and I have talked about it. I've talked about it with other coaches as well. I mean, you look at our – say our starting five, um, through seven games – they are averaging in the low twenties per minutes. And so then you talk about some of these stats, you know, like Lexi, she's getting 13 rebounds a game and, and Maddox is at 23 points a game. Well, that's basically playing two and a half quarters, maybe. Um, but then the other, the other edge is the other side of the uh, edge is, you know, like we, we go to Atlantic and it was a very physical game. We knew it would be. And, and we started to get into a little bit of foul trouble and we had, uh, um, You know, Taryn Gettler comes in as a junior and she's not played a ton her first two years, but she's worked her tail off. And she comes in and gives us positive minutes, took care of the ball, did a really good job on defense. She hit a couple, I think she hit one or two shots, had some good, you know, some good passing. And, you know, and Annika Nelson, a freshman who is athletic as they come, um, you know, she comes in and immediately gets two Or three steals, gets two or three layups and transition off of those steals. And I mean, instead of like worrying about a kid coming in and, and, and just treading water, they're actually contributing uh, to the overall good. So, I mean, yeah, and, and I guess at the end of the day, um, you know, if you're fifth in the state and you're beating teams by 30 or 40, um, and you know that if you kept your starters in the full game, which some coaches do, um, and we could win by 50 or 60, is that going to make us second or third in state? I, I doubt it. Um, you know, quality of wins is, is a big thing and, and we're gonna get the opportunity here in the last fourteen regular season games to uh, to really see some good teams and, and, and some teams that, you know, maybe aren't so good that, you know, we just have to find that balance and you never know what's gonna happen with COVID. You know, we had uh you know, for instance, Corinne missed two practices um because we were waiting on test results of a family member and it came back negative. She was able to get back in the fray, but she's a starter. You know, and she started a lot of her career, and her teammates have to be ready to step up if she or anybody else gets hurt or gets sick, and, and you know, fortunately for us, we feel like, you know, with what we're doing every day, that our kids are getting better from top to bottom, and, and everybody's got to be ready if their number's called.
1: It's exciting. You know, you guys have, uh, you're going to start having three game weeks here, uh, a couple of weeks yeah. and to me it's exciting uh, to you it's also could be a measuring stick you know it's like how are we going to respond because when you get to postseason you may have those you know two games in four days or whatever and um it's always opportunity you know it's always opportunity to see where you're at and where how you how you can react whether you're number five or whether you're number three hundred five. you know
5: Mm-hmm. yeah it does it's, it starts right out of the gate we'll have three games that first week and Um, Fortunately for us, we don't have a ton. I mean, we have a lot of away games sprinkled in there, but nothing, you know, two hours away or anything like that. So it is. I mean, and and a lot of them are conference games, so they all matter. Um, And uh, I think the kids are pretty excited about what's in store. And and, uh, as coaches, we'll try to keep it light. I mean, that's the thing. You know, you get into the deeper part of January and you're having three games. Sometimes you're having maybe five or six games in just over a week, a week and a half. And, And so it's really you know let's get some rest let's stay sharp you know keep our getting our shots up and so forth but you try to start resting legs and and trying to get that you know momentum going for that postseason push
1: coach thanks for coming on the podcast it's been fun sharing your story here on uh, a different platform and uh, to listeners on this side you know basketball is basketball and people like to hear about basketball whether it's uh, east west north south and uh Pretty appreciate sure. your time here and look forward to having you on more here as uh the season rolls on
5: Appreciate your coverage, Ryan. Uh, Happy New Year. Wolverines by a million.
1: Back to the Coach Corner podcast. We're catching up with tipped In girls basketball coach Matt Bolger. Matt, welcome on the podcast. Thank you very much. By the time some people listen to this, it'll be the new new year, twenty twenty one. You guys uh, have are in the I want to say off week, but uh, you know pause. Maybe you know you guys have a couple weeks off for the holidays, but you guys also have to prepare for a second half, our unofficial second half of the season.
0: How are things going? Uh, Yeah, so we we gave the girls about five days off after the North Cedar game, so they had a nice little break there. Got to spend Christmas, with family, everything. Came back on Monday, and uh, we've had two practices in so far, and I would say that that they were two of our better practices we've had this year. Um, I I think we're starting to – I think things are just starting to gel. I think we're starting to figure out how we want to play – how we want them to play, how we want them to compete, um, the intensity and the effort are just, they're. I guess we're at a different level than we were at the first practice of the year. Like we're figuring out just how hard it is, how hard we have to play and and things like that. And so I've been really, really pleased the last two days. We were supposed to scrimmage today and with the weather, it got postponed. But uh, we're going to go to Mount Vernon on Saturday, scrimmage them and Assumption. And so that'll be kind of a good test just to see where we're at and see if this improvement is just kind of a, I don't know, a mirage or if we we put some stuff together. Uh, So that'll give us a few more practices before then. But I've been really, really pleased. I told the girls the other day, you know, Christmas break practices, they go one of two ways. You know, it's never usually in the middle. It's either really good because you're figuring stuff out or really bad because you're kind of just in the whatever, the holiday slump or whatever. But they've they've competed really well. Um, we brought our eighth grade up to practice because they're done with their season. So state allows that. So it's giving us a few more bodies, um, actually a little more size to compete against and just kind of setting that tone for the future. Um, the idea is we want them to figure out how we want to practice right away so there isn't this kind of lag next year, the first week or two, for them figuring out how we do things. So they've been a nice bonus. Uh, their eyes are wide, obviously, yet, but it, it's been good so far, and I think our upperclassmen have responded well since they've been there.
1: You guys, um, first year here at Tipton, and, you know, when we talked back in November, um a lot of new was going on uh, the yeah. girls were learning you you were learning the girls you were learning how to how you could push them how they learned how much they could maybe get away with I don't know but right. you know how was how that transition as uh, as you're sitting here eight games into the year and uh, in unofficial halfway through the season?
0: Oh, uh, you know, I've, I've been, I think I've said it every show so far, just they keep coming back for more, keep competing. We keep pushing them. Um, it has been different and just kind of reflecting, you know, having a that five day break wasn't just for them, but for me too, just to kind of reflect how things have gone and maybe what, what I did right. Maybe what I should have changed. And just, I think I never really realized just how much newness there was for them and just, having you know we got an extra few days because the animosa game was postponed or whatever so before our first game we did get three weeks of practicing but still to completely overhaul everything and do stuff very differently and new terminology and new ways of doing things that's definitely not enough time and so i don't think i fully appreciated just how much we were throwing at them and so it's starting to stick now and, and you're starting to see that um i have a a former assistant of mine who coaches um, in college now. And he came to practice the other day and he had been at our first game. And, you know, it's a lot easier to see from the outside when there's improvement and things like that. And he said, look, I've seen a lot of growth. out of a lot of these girls from that first game that I saw them." So it was good to hear from kind of an outside perspective there. Um, They're starting to get stuff. The buy-in has never been a problem. It's just the, you know, it's, it's easy to want to win, but then to have to, Put the steps and the work in to actually do that winning. That's that's a whole different ball game, and I think that's what they're figuring out. But. Um, no, it's been it's been great. The newness is not so new anymore, and so that makes you know everybody's life a little easier, especially mine, because we can move a little quicker, and I like to do that. And so, yeah, we didn't really do a whole lot of new anything here these first couple of days. It's just fixing some stuff we're not doing so well. But I think that's helping us that we're more comfortable in how we're playing and what we're doing. And we're just going to limit kind of what what else we're throwing at them. We're just going to get better at what they already know.
5: Coach,
1: looking back now. Uh we have that luxury of looking back at um, potentially how how strong the schedule was through the first eight games. And, you know, you start the season at Regina, host Mid-Prairie, and then go to West Branch. In that time, you know, West Branch uh, became the top-ranked team in Class 2A. They had start started in the preseason rankings. Now they're uh, slipped back to number four. You know, Regina was undefeated for a long time. Mid-Prairie um, kind of sneakily – Got in there, I and mean, I don't know. Just, yep. I, I kind of thought that mainly because of, of who they had lost, and you know, I, they, they've done a really good job. And you know, that's not even talking about West Liberty, you know, right? Um, yeah. There's just uh, I appreciate who we've played more, I think, now knowing eight games in what I didn't know back in November.
0: Yeah, I think that's another thing reflecting on just how. To how unforgiving our schedule and our conference is. And, we, you know, we tell the girls that, but then, you know, it doesn't exactly help because, you know, you still got to face them and everything. But, yeah, I mean, there aren't really any nights off. Um, we we had the luxury of getting two non-conference games. And, again, we were able to get one of them and then um, not beat WAPLO, but at least kind of compete with them for a while. And so I think that only added – just another level of difficulty there not only were the girls learning a brand new style and system but then they're going up against these very very good teams right off the bat and all of them having been in their systems and knowing what they're doing for a year or two or longer it just put it put us at even more of a disadvantage so yeah i mean our it, it was kind of a perfect storm here for our team you know just knowing knowing what we were up against and not knowing kind of our own I don't know, identity, I guess, yet. So it made the first month or so pretty tough. But, you know, again, to the girls' credit, they keep coming back. I think we've, we've started to figure out our identity and who we are, and I think I'm excited for that second time through the league schedule, definitely hoping to put kind of a little bit or a bit better efforts uh, against those top teams and see what we can do.
1: You guys got your first victory on Monday, December 14th at Midland, uh, a 25-point victory in – I may be off on this, and tell me if I am. But you know, that second half, you know, where you guys scored 25 points and outscored the Eagles 17 to three in in the fourth quarter. Um, granted, Midland's still looking for their first victory, um, but I think that kind of is where things diverged into our identity right now. And as I see it, you know, just hard, tough-nosed. We're bringing the fight to you. Is that?
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think. You're accurate in that. And that's kind of – we talked about that very early, like that needed to be our identity just because, you know, we're not big. And I tell them, you know, if we're looking at talent, I think we're at a disadvantage in a lot of our games just because, you know, we haven't played a lot of basketball together and we're all new to this and everything else. And so we really tried to harp on just being tougher team, you know, whether that's rebounding, defense, getting on the floor, whatever. And so all those things. And I think, you know, they were all – you know, on board with that, but then doing it against a team like West Branch, like West Liberty or whatever, that that's a whole different ballgame just because of the level of athletes. I think they, I think they were a little timid, maybe just because of you know the past or whatever they just hearing about the success these teams have had. So we needed a game like Midland where you know it, it was a comfortable team, a team we could beat, a team we could compete with, and we needed something to go right. And a lot of times, as we've said on this. Show very many times that first win, that first basket, whatever you need it to happen for. Then that belief to really solidify, and I think you're right. It did that second half. It was it wasn't necessarily touch and go there for a little bit, but it, it got a little tight in the third quarter, and then we just we started making those hustle plays, those little plays, making the extra pass, getting on the floor for a loose ball, chasing down some a, a ball that was going out of bounds, and saving it like things like that. And we saw how that kind of just. It made us kind of go on a run, and that energy level and that, that excitement kind of built, and we were able to finish the game really strong. And so, yeah, I think I think a lot of things took hold that game. Now, unfortunately, the next day we did play West Liberty, and it kind of – it disappeared for a little bit. But I would say ever since that Midland game, we've had definitely the effort and the, the focus of what we're trying to be, I think, have been more prevalent. You
1: know, it's kind of funny. The fan base probably are like – we. I, I don't know. I, I know we have a basketball team, but, you know, we've been on the road six of the eight games. Uh, I say that kind of silly, but, you know, it's it's been interesting to see our development on the road. Um, you know, I think we took a big step on December 18th, you know, when we went to Monticello. And, you know, it was 27-27 after three quarters. And maybe the only people that believed we had a shot were the people on our bench.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think... I have said that to the girls, too, a couple of times just because I'm not currently living in Tipton. I'm not currently in the school system yet. So I tell them, you know, I don't know what you're hearing around town. I don't know what you're hearing at school, but I can tell you, honestly, you're getting better. And I hope that's what, you know, I hope that's what they're seeing, too, whether whatever they're hearing outside of the, the walls or whatever. But but, yeah, I mean, I think they need that too. that Monticello game where we start out super hot and up 10 at the end of the first quarter, hang on to a lead at halftime, tied third quarter. We just kind of ran out of gas, ran out of shots that that just wouldn't fall. Um, I mean, it's just getting closer and closer and closer. Um, And that's the thing. Like, I think I said this the other day at practice, I don't want to be at the end of the season and being, I don't want to be content with being almost, you know, almost getting a win or almost getting this tide turned or whatever. You know, we want to get over that hump and make it happen. And I think the girls... After these last couple of days, I feel I feel like they're on the same page as me, and they're not they're not content with being almost either. And so it's exciting to know we've played a bunch of games away, we've gotten eight games in, but we have a whole lot of games left, and hopefully hopefully if our schedule holds, we'll get a bunch of home games yet to finish the year.
1: We got a second victory uh, right before Christmas break at North Cedar, uh, a game uh, rival to Tipton. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys work at the org Family Foods. Uh, you know, they work at the, the together uh, in the county or whatever. And, uh, you know, it's good to get that victory. You know, it's uh, that was a different type of game that, you know, the situational things that you had to play with a lead and you hang on to a lead for a long period of time. And, you know, you can duplicate that all you want in practice. But, you know, at some point, you know, familiarity becomes the 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 norm, and um, you know you don't know how a North Cedar player is going to react if you slap a press on, or if you go up for a rebound and actually elbow somebody in the face. You know, it's like maybe you're not like, oh shoot, maybe you're like, yeah, I'm going the free throw line.
0: Right, right, yeah, it's it's definitely different. Just game reps, live reps versus what we can simulate in practice. Um, it is a different perspective, definitely playing with the lead. We talked about that. I think it was the fourth quarter. We had a lead. We kind of had the – I think we had the chance to pull ahead and maybe just end it early, like getting them to roll over and us to just kind of finish it. And we we started taking a bunch of threes and quick threes and kind of rush threes. And during a timeout, I was like, look, I know, I know this is new. Like I know we haven't played with the lead a lot. I know we haven't, you know, been in the driver's seat a bunch. But we just kind of talked – what kind of shots should we be taking, and how can we finish this game well? And so you're right. A lot of things that we're still in the learning process of that was a super good game for us. Um, again, North Cedar, I thought that was the best game they played all year. And, you know, it might have been because of that rivalry thing, but they hit a ton of outside shots early. Uh, they have a good post presence down low. And the good news was, like, we got down early. And I'm looking up like, holy cow, are we like, are we going on break early here? What's going on? Just cause our energy level was low. Um, and Rachel kind of stepped up, hit some shots, took the ball to the basket a few times. And we, we, that's become our identity a little bit, which is not necessarily a good thing, but we need something good to happen to kind of wake us up and get us going. And thankfully Rachel was that spark against them. I'm hoping we can kind of get that spark. I don't know internally and earlier than we have been here for the first few games.
1: We have some good games coming out Christmas break. Uh, We're going to have four games, I think, five games within a a 10-day period, and that'll be a first, you know. Um, You've been through that as a coach at at various stops before. Uh, The girls have been through that at uh, various seasons, but now this is a different season, a different role for players, and. know even if you're a senior or a junior you still sometimes have to be reminded of these
0: situations yeah it's it's definitely not so we've all been through it like you said like in Iowa especially you know with the weather and everything like games get rescheduled and and you got to play a bunch of games and and not a lot of time this being the way the schedule was set up definitely not when I saw that our only Saturday game happened to coincide with a, a Monday game following I was not super excited but what does excite me is We've been really harping on this here once we started to practice. I think we can have a really good January. And so we're playing some teams a second time around and we've gotten better. We're playing some new teams that I think are more on our level or at least match up with us better, like just size wise, uh, scheme wise. I think we match up with, um, the goal or the, the goal is that to, to really put a, I don't know, to get after it and show, let our identity show through here in January because we're not, Everything's not new anymore, like we talked about earlier. Uh, the key is going to be just the consistency thing. Like, we can't be good one game and then kind of just who knows what happens the next one. So that consistency piece is definitely something we're going to work on. And when you're playing that many games in a short amount of time, hopefully we can do that.
1: Regional rivals, Durant, Wilton, state-ranked Bellevue, uh, who's, they have a really good team. They, they beat West Branch. I'm sorry, they did not beat West Branch, but they've uh, beat Monticello, Cascade twice when Cascade was ranked. Uh, Cal beats a team that uh, we'll post here, and uh, so that'll be exciting. Let's talk about some of the players here before I let you go. Um, seniors. Three seniors draft right off the top of the bat. Rachel Bierman, Alex Hoffman, and Allison Nash. Uh, Rachel Bierman leads us in points, followed by Alex and Allison. And, uh, you know... I look at these gals, you know, Rachel has really come into her own as a basketball player. She's, you know, right on the, uh, she's one of the leaders in the rebounding category. And just, you know, when when you talk about taking the fight to someone, she's your leader.
0: Yes, absolutely. Rachel has really taken the lead uh, this year. She is like a a bull in a china shop, is how I described her yesterday, uh, to another coach. Just very physical. um, Definitely still very raw which i think is a good thing because we can still mold her and i think she still has like a very high ceiling that she can improve a ton on uh but it's really it's comforting to know that every time a shot goes up either by us or by the other team i think we have a 50 50 shot or really she has a 50 50 shot at least to get it she's just relentless when she goes to the boards um we have asked her to kind of play a bigger role scoring this year um yeah she's been a great leader for us alex and nash um right underneath her nash has finally started to hit some shots uh we knew going into the season she she's a shooter um and and so mark my assistant and said hey last year second half of the year she got hot she started out a little bit slow and sure enough that's kind of what happened she needed that first one to go she got the first one to go hit a couple against monticello hit a couple against north cedar um so just I'm hopeful that we can keep building on that for the the second half of the season. And Alex, to me, is just our most well-rounded basketball player. We're going to have her start bringing the ball up a little bit more. We're going to play through her offensively, do some different things with her because she's so versatile. And so, yeah, we're really that, – that newness that we talked about, them trying to figure out what I want, I was also still figuring out kind of where our strengths were. And so having that eight games in, Kind of seeing, okay, Alex is kind of good here. We need to get her the ball in these areas. Rachel's better at scoring in this spot. So I think we can be more efficient and more effective the second half just because I think we both know each other better. And so um, those three are
1: going to be huge parts of that. You know, I, I think of Alex a couple of times against Malicello. She got hot um, in the first quarter. I think she made three threes or maybe in the first half three threes. And um, after one of them, she was pretty animated and excited. And it was, was – you know, it's like getting that first shot to fall almost gives them permission to to keep doing it in a way.
0: Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And, and that's the heart like, again, it's that confidence thing, which, you know, for whatever reason, I would not say confident is like a word that would describe us super well, like just because of maybe past results or whatever. But if that, whoever it is, one of our girls, they hit that first shot I think it just gives everybody that confidence. Like, not only she can make it, but if I see her make it, I'm more likely to make it too. And we, Just something we talked about so much, just they all have the green light. Like, as long as it's a good shot, they all have the green light. And that's the funny thing. Like, they think if they miss one, they should pass up the next one where it's like we did that practice yesterday. One of our shooters, they pass up a shot. And I said, no, that's not how it works. Like, you miss the first one, the next one's going in. Like, that's just, you know, law of averages right there. And so it's just, it's a mindset thing. And we have it at times. I'd say Alex definitely has it the most. Like, hey, if I miss one, the next one's going in. And that's just something we're working on developing, just that confidence that that shot's going to go in.
1: Betron and Alex have been our leading free-throw shooters. They've both gotten to the free-throw line around 40 times. And, you know, Alex has a good uh, family line there as Logan was uh, school's leading scorer, and he got to the free-throw line quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I think that's another thing that we figured out is we have to get to the line more early in the year like our first couple of games we didn't get to the line at all and part of that was just I think the game you know especially mid pretty kind of got out of hand but then we just we shied away from contact a little bit so we've worked on that a lot um, Alex Rachel neither one of those two are scared of contact so they're very comfortable taking the ball at somebody and I think if we can we are never going to win I will say super pretty I don't think like we're going to have to make the game a little bit choppy probably a little bit a little bit ugly almost at times. And so us getting the line is super imperative, I think, to make that work.
1: You know, Allison Nash, uh, coach, you know, you always want to get the best out of players and, you know, she's had success getting the state golf, uh, multiple seasons. Uh, obviously last year, uh, was not in the cards, but it wasn't in the cards for anybody, but you right. know, she has some experience and, uh, uh, on a high level as well. And, um, if there's anybody on this team that I couldn't be more happy for, it's her. She, and she's, she's, uh, it looks like she's bought into your system of taking the fight to, to the players. And she's definitely playing the best basketball she has, uh, um, I think in her career.
0: Yeah. And I I think this summer, it was nice to kind of see her. She she didn't have a lot of stats from last year. And I couldn't really watch a lot of film on her because she didn't play a lot, but early on, I could see she could shoot, you know, and and a lot of times shooters are more of a, I don't know, I guess you could call them less physical players or whatever. So we've been challenging her to really get after it more. And so we do some drills where you got to get on the floor and, and kind of take the fight to people and everything else. And she said, she said something I had to practice the other day that if we keep doing drills like this, I'm going to have to get, like, elbow pads and knee pads and everything just to kind of make it through. But, I mean, she has bought in. Um, I think she's another one where just doesn't have a ton of basketball experience, and so that confidence thing is kind of fleeting. So her making a shot finally, you know, a couple games ago is super big for her. And I think that's going to carry us through to the second half of the year, too. And so, yeah, and, and defensively, I would say she is possibly our strongest defender. A lot of times she'll draw the other team's best player. She's quicker than she looks and longer than she looks. And so she can be very effective, kind of putting pressure on the ball. So we're going to ask her to do that more in the second half. You can have a
1: glimpse of the future. Yeah, have Brenna Wilkins, Carly Langenberg, Ashley Hatland, you know, Brenna and Ashley are sophomores. Carly's a freshman. You know, Carly, of the three, have started um, a little more than the other ones. But the other gals, uh, you know, you, you talked about early in the season about, you know, we're going to put the ball in the hands of people that can take care of the ball. And, you know, all three of those gals, it kind of gives me, and I might be wrong here, but, you know, kind of a glimpse to, to, to me and the fan base here that, you know, these gals are going to be the ball handlers uh, next year and beyond.
0: Yeah, I I think for sure we're talking about Ashley and Carly being very, very solid ball handlers, point guards, distributors for us. Right now, that's all they see their role at, which is okay since they're younger and we have this big senior class. But we're really trying to challenge them to be more scorers. And so that, you know, it's hard, I think, when you're in that point guard role, especially when you're young, to maybe look for your own shot. But they're slowly starting to do it. And so I think if we can make those two really buy into that, and realize that they can score too i think that'll make us a better team and will definitely help us for down the road brenna has just she has just grown by leaps and bounds this year she had a couple great practices like the second week of the season and right before our first game she had a like an accident with one of her livestock and so her offhand kind of it had, it had been hurt for a while, and so she. I think she's finally starting to get healthy. She is our, our toughest player. She is our most physical player, even though she's, I don't know, 5'7 or so, on the floor all the time. Um, actually, we have a practice player of the day award, and she's won it more than anyone else just because she's always giving that all-out effort, and so that effort earned her a start against North Cedar, and I'm not sure anybody's going to be able to take that from her because she's just always competing. And that's kind of, again, we talk about that identity, what we're trying to get across here. She kind of fits the mold of the kind of player we want. She's not the most talented basketball player, but she's going to play all out all the time. She's able to take the ball to the rim. She's never going to get out work. She's never going to like give up on a rebound, no matter what the size of the girl uh, she's going against. And so I was hoping like our identity would be found in one of these players and the fact that it's an underclassman i think that kind of best represents that it makes me very excited that i think that's going to start to spread throughout more of our team
1: each of them have an interesting uh, stat line too you know ashley has 13 steals that's near the top of the team carly has uh, 10 assists which is near the top of the team Brenna has 19 rebounds which is near the top of the team so even if they you know, maybe don't look for their shot. You know, they're they're they found their niche somewhere.
0: Yeah, they, and they all complement each other well, and complement our seniors very well. I think they are good to be role players right now, and that's what we need them to be. Um, like you said, Ashley can get some steals, and Carly passes the ball well. Brenna's always going to the boards. Um, and I hope what I'm hoping is they see that niche there. They're good with that, but they also realize. That they can expand that I hope and so we're, we're really working on like I said just offensively we don't there have been games where our seniors score like every point and that's great when we win and when we score enough uh, but we're trying to get some underclassmen to really as long as they're good shots to be comfortable shooting and just being a little bit more aggressively on the offensive end.
1: Before I let you go I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about our other two seniors Liz Beerman, Haley Stewart. Liz Forty rebounds, second on the team. Haley Stewart's had some; uh, she's missed some time, unfortunately. But yeah. that's a that's a player that you can uh, count on wherever you put her.
0: Yeah, I, I think Haley's had a rough start to the year just because uh, she had a little like a little hamstring issue the first week, so that kind of hampered her. Then she went and missed some time, and so she's still kind of getting in the basketball groove a little bit. Um, probably a little bit behind the rest of the team just in understanding, I think, how we're doing things just because she hasn't been at practice as much as some others, Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited to kind of get her into the flow of things because I do think she can help us in a lot of different areas. She's a pretty good shooter, pretty good defender isn't afraid to bang and go to the boards so i think she can help us in a lot of different ways so i'm hoping she can stay healthy from here on out and and kind of add to what we're able to do here liz liz is a great vocal leader like that's probably her strength number one strength number two yes on the boards she's been fantastic there have been games where she gets more boards than two or three of our other girls combined like she is excellent on the boards not afraid to mix it up and be physical. Still trying to figure out kind of best place to put her. I think um, offensively uh, against the zone, she's really pretty good at crashing boards and getting putbacks. Um, against man, we're still I think trying to figure out kind of where we can utilize her best. Uh, but she's been an awesome asset to have just because I think she's super vocal on the sideline when she's not on the floor, and that's an area we are lacking right now. And so she brings that energy no matter where she's at.
1: Coach, I appreciate your time this morning. Uh, It's been fun to uh, see how the team's developed here in the first half, or unofficial first half. Um, I look forward to um, talking with you more here as the second half unfolds and uh,
0: we start January. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited, too. Can't wait to get back on the floor with the girls.
1: coach bar podcast we're catching up with the wilton girls basketball coach jake serrata jake welcome on thank you this is gonna be the new year when people hear this for the most part you know uh it's the unofficial halfway point of the season how are things going
6: um things are going pretty well for us right now we you know we're six and three at break ended with a three game winning streak uh heading into uh winter break time so we're pleased with that um I think that the girls are, are buying in and, and really uh, coming around and playing some good basketball here, and hopefully that will continue after break.
1: How do you guys approach break this year? You guys have had the same core for a couple years now, and is this year's kind of holiday br- uh, break, what practice or get-togethers have? Uh, is there a, is it a different feel this year than in past years?
6: Yeah, obviously we can't do all, you know, we usually do like a, a team outing where we go bowling and have a team breakfast and those kind of things. We're, those are out the window this year, obviously, with the COVID. And uh, So, we're, you know, we're focusing on practicing and I do, you know, team gift exchange, those type of things we're still going to do. But um, right now we're just, you know, heading into the break with we got a couple of scrimmages planned and uh, just work on fundamentals to continue to grow as basketball players and get better for the second half.
1: You guys have uh, an interesting schedule coming out of break. You have three games in a span of one week, and some interesting, just some games. You know, uh, you go two. Two of the three are on the road uh, at Mid Prairie, home against Tipton, and at state-ranked West Liberty. And then waiting on the other side of that is uh, Regina coming in. So, some. Uh, if you don't know where you're at right now, you're gonna find out pretty quick in the first week and a half of the second half.
6: Yeah, I mean, pretty much every game is a, a tough game in this conference. You know, everybody can beat anybody on a given night. So, obviously, we have to come ready to play, we have to fine-tune our skills here, and, and coming out of break, just continue to do things that we were doing, uh, heading into break, you know, passing the ball well, hitting some open shots, and obviously using our post players to our advantage. And if we can continue to do that and grow on that, I think we, we can lead to a successful second half for us.
1: Is it fair to say you guys won the games you were supposed to and competed in the games that maybe were toss-ups?
6: Yeah, I I think obviously we avenged a couple of losses from last year, uh, going into break, you know, we got beat by LNM last year and we got beat by Comanche. So getting those extra two wins there heading into break was nice. Um, Plus, you know, I think we were very competitive in the, in the games that we lost. I mean, we, you know, State Rank, West Branch, we played very close. Uh, we played Regina It was a three-point game. And then Monticello got us by nine. So, I mean, we're, we're right in those games. Um, and, you know, a break here or there, you know, things could be different. But I thought, you know, they're competing. They're playing, they're playing hard at all times. And that's what we asked for is just to continually improve and get better and give everything they have during their four quarters.
1: You guys got off to a three and one start, winning your season opener at Comanche uh, by double digits. Uh, easily could have been four and zero, and you know it's much better getting off to a good start um, than not. With this group, you know you have uh, some gals that um, are have have been really played really well here. We'll talk about them here in a little bit. I mean, you know, you guys have a little expectations this year, you know, you guys have a couple of state trips to volleyball, uh, a state softball, uh, regional final softball trip, too, and um, it's basketball's turn in, in some people's minds, but, you know, you still have to play the games as well.
6: Yeah, I mean, like I said, this is a good group of athletic girls that, you know, they're very competitive in all the things that they do, they've had success in, and, uh, just getting them to buy in here and believe in themselves that they are good basketball players. That's what we're working on now, and uh, they're they're you know they're competing in a lot of games, and I think they're starting to believe in themselves and getting over that hump that you know they are basketball players and they can compete, being as athletic as they are. And hopefully that will continue in the second half, and good things will happen for them, and you know continue on because so we got a young team, and hopefully you know they'll build into next year as well. So we, we're going to keep building the foundation, keep getting better every time out, and and then go from there and see what, see what happens next year and a half.
1: Let's take a look at some of the players here. Uh, you guys' uh, leading scorer, Kelsey Drake, one of the top scorers in Class 2A. And Kelsey's really made her game even more all around. She could do a lot of things before, but it seems like she's, uh, I wouldn't say perfected, but you know she's really uh, giving teams less and less uh, weaknesses out there when you guys play somebody.
6: Yeah, Kelsey had a, a great start to our season for us. You know, she's a league scorer. Uh she shares the ball well. She, she's one of our top assist leaders, top steals. Uh she's I, think, I believe she's third in the state in scoring, and she's also third two A. So um she's doing a lot of great things for us. She handles the ball. Uh she can play in the post area. Um and she can and she can score from just about anywhere. But, you know, she's also very good in transition. She gets a lot of tips, a lot of steals and and she can convert those into baskets, which is something you know, she's quick with the ball, and she's just an all-around very good basketball player. And she's off to a great start.
1: Ella Caffrey coming off, uh, well, Kelsey too, off of uh, tremendous volleyball seasons. Um, Ella uh, leads you guys in shot blocks with 16, second leading score, and uh, her rebounding really is uh, is causes team bro- teams problems.
6: Ella's worked really hard. She's really working on perfecting her inside game, and she's just come on strong these last three games before break, and she's been 18, 19 points, a couple of them just, you know, all around, looking to score, taking the ball in hard, and, and finishing shots, as well as very, being very successful at the free throw line. So, uh, she has a lot of great tools for us. She's doing a lot of very good things for us at both ends of the floor, especially rebounding, uh, really controlling the boards for us, and then then finishing shots on the offensive side. She's really coming on with that, and hopefully that will continue after break. For her, she's been working really hard, and uh, hopefully she'll have a great second half.
1: If Ella Caffrey's not the most improved, I'd say Peyton Serrata is. She. Uh... Coach, she's leaps and bounds, uh, you know, a year, another year in the system, and just uh, confidence exudes her this year. She's added so much to uh, uh, the rebounding game, the three-point game, and just she attacks like uh, um, I haven't seen her do yet until this year.
6: Yeah, she's really playing with a lot of confidence right now. I think her, obviously, her success in other sports has led to some confidence here in basketball, and um, she's, you know, playing very good defense, getting a lot of tips and steals, and uh, really makes some great passes for us to, to help other people score, as well as she's able to knock down shots from the outside, which really frees up our inside game as well. She's doing a nice job for us at both ends of the floor, and just like you said, playing, playing with a ton of confidence right now. Hopefully that will continue for her and good things are ahead.
1: All three of those names are juniors, and Ella and Peyton have given Kelsey uh, um, another some help in a way on the on the – Uh, they can't just key on Kelsey now. Um, so that, that's also helpful.
6: Yeah. I mean, just knowing that, you know, she has other people to go to and and it's not all on her shoulders and, she can kick the ball out and Peyton can hit shots or we can go into Ella, and, you know, Kelsey can drive and dump into Ella in the post and she can score as well. It's just, it just provides a lot more options. And, and there's other girls that are stepping up, hitting some shots as well. And it's just been a, a good team effort so far. And I think that they're, they're growing in confidence and hopefully, you know, that will show and they'll continue to play that way as they head into the last part of the season here.
1: You can make a case of Peyton's a guard. I, I mean, guard forward but you know the other two guards in your lineup senior emmy cost junior mallory, mallory lane you know i am saying the praises of the other three and these guys also have uh, you're getting the best out of these these your team and these two are another example of you know they're giving you their best here and um you can see the improvement from last year to this year in both these gals
6: yeah, I mean, Mallory plays outstanding defense. Um, You know, if we do boxing ones, or if we, you know, she's always at the top of our 2-3. She just... You know, she pesters people, gives them a lot of trouble, and does a great job uh, on the defensive end. She gives everything she has when she's on the floor, um, and offensively, she's uh, you know brings the ball down, controls the offense for us. She's not a big scorer; she can score if need be, but she's more of a distributor and, and really a defensive weapon for us. That's what she brings to the table. And then Emmy's just stepped up this year as a senior. Um, she's shooting the ball with some confidence and really really contributing and doing a great job for us, very proud of how she's played the first half of the season just you can see her confidence growing every time we play and hopefully that will continue the second half and she'll keep getting better for us each time she steps on the floor
1: Last three gals uh, coming off the bench, Peyton Ganser Charlotte Brown, Lexi Walker different players, uh, different roles and you know there's, there's interesting things to each of these gals you know they they can score they can rebound they can uh get to the free throw line it's it's kind of interesting that you get your bench makeup is uh, uh here this year
6: yeah um lexi does a great job coming in and hitting shots for us um She plays good defense as well, and she's getting better as well. Each time she she steps on the floor, you know, she missed a few games for us, and uh, she's back now, and and really each each and every time out she's improved, and that's really helping with her confidence and and helping the team as well. Um, Peyton Gamzer does a great job rebounding. She's, you know, both ends of the floor. She, She controls the board. She does an outstanding job. She just works hard at what she's doing. She just continues to get better every time she's she's out there. And just her rebounding just doesn't, you know, really helps our team um, and gives people breaks as well. And then uh, Charlotte, she can play guard. She can play in the post. She can, you know, do about anything. It just provides a lot of versatility for us to let the girls, you know, she can gets a lot of tips on our press. She's fast and uh, has ability to score as well, but she's out there. For her defense, and just she does an outstanding job helping us on that end of the floor.
1: Coach, as you look ahead to the second half of the season, what concerns do you have?
6: Oh, I just you know, uh, hopefully you know they're going to keep building on their confidence and, and keep getting better. Um, we just you know, just you know, we got some tough games ahead, and I, I just want them to continue to to play hard and, and keep working at at you know getting those games and, and getting. You know, our best basketball ready to go by by the time we hit the postseason, because um, that's what it's all about. Obviously, is making a good postseason run. Um, hoping the girls, you know, can stay healthy and, and and battle through, you know, the bumps and bruises and and you know the COVID as well. And hopefully that they'll um, have a good second half for us.
1: Welcome back to the Coach Garner Podcast. We're catching up with North Cedar Boys basketball coach, Robert Helgerson. Coach, how are you?
4: Good. Hey, thanks for having me.
1: We are at the unofficial halfway point today, and thought we'd catch up and talk about some highlights and uh, the good things that have happened so far. You guys come into Christmas break 3-5 and five overall, and you guys are coming into break off the win against Tipton. How are things going? Oh, uh, well, uh, it
7: seems just like uh, everyone everyone else has had their COVID moments, and I think we're into ours
4: right now. Luckily, our guys decided to catch all their stuff over break, so we're kind of on a pause right now. Um, we were able to have one practice over break so far, and uh, we're off again until Monday, January 4th, um, when we get to start back up, and then we get to go against Anamosa on Tuesday. Um, we'll be missing a couple guys, but uh, it's kind of like that that saying, next man up, and um, see what we can do to continue to improve and get better as the season goes on.
1: Let's go back and revisit what we talked about the preseason. You guys had some known quantities back. You guys had a lot of people that you were um, going to be new to varsity. How have, how, have you kind of squared what you kind of were thinking back then, and have you had a chance to kind of be like, yeah, you know, we're who we thought we were, and or Do you do those things?
4: Well, uh, um, I I really thought, and I I still believe that this is one of the more athletic groups that I've had um, in my three years so far at North Cedar. Um, The problem is it's just we're breaking in a lot of juniors right now that haven't seen extended varsity time. And um, there's there's a learning curve to that and just kind of getting comfortable with you know, what, what are you able to do versus varsity competition versus what you were able to do versus JV competition the year before? And so and with that in mind, it's been kind of a learning curve. Um, and you've talked about known quantities with Kale and Gage with, uh, Kale Unruh and Gage Walshire. Um, they've kind of been holding down the four for us. Uh, and so we're waiting for our junior, junior group to take that next step and, um, start contributing more at the offensive level. Peyton Lang has um, worked himself uh, really well into a lineup uh, for us, um, he, coming off as our sixth man off the bench, kind of replacing one of our posts and becoming uh, a little more aggressive at the scoring. He's averaging, I think, just above six points a game um, and about four or five rebounds a game. And I, I, I truly believe that that's going to um, increase as he becomes more comfortable, as he becomes a little more confident in the shot. Um and it's just something that we have to continue to work with. One thing I've mentioned to a couple people so far I'm over break is that, you know, it's it's kind of telling how not having summer ball has kind of affected some of our kids' play. Um, there are, like I said, there's these juniors trying to work into this, into this playing mode um, against really tough competition that I haven't seen it before, where – um, last year we went 13 and 10, and Kale and Gage both got um, really good summer workouts, going against some of the best competition in state. Working out at Drake, um, playing week in week out at Cedar Rapids, Washington, against some very high quality competition, and it translated more to their play in the season last year. So unfortunately, our juniors didn't get that opportunity, and I think it's I don't think it's held them back, but it's definitely not been a help. Um, by not having that summer
1: league, Yeah, it's been interesting to see just high school basketball in general. You know, I, I've noticed people are getting to the three-throw line more, teams are, um, and shooting percentages, uh, a lot a lot more people are taking uh, shots closer in. Uh, I don't know, I haven't done the mm-hmm. math, but it seems to me that three-point shooting may, may be down a little in, in number this year, but I don't know, that's just me, I guess.
4: Uh, I know I, I absolutely agree with you um I, that's that's been kind of our bugaboo is uh um we want to get inside but uh when we have open threes we've had a tough time hitting them um and it's uh, you know outside of Kale Unruh who's been pretty consistent from deep um we have guys that can shoot it but again just shooting confidently and being able to convert some of those open looks would um, we were in a really close game with Wilton, a really close game with Wilton. We hit a few of those shots that might stretch it out, give us a little bit more, um, comfortability, um, maybe force the other teams to make mistakes, trying to push the ball, um, you know, making those shots, putting a little pressure on them to try to match what we're trying to do. But, uh, you know, I, I totally agree with you that, that. I think that three point shots down a little bit. Um, I, I just watched, uh, I believe, you know, Tipton complimenting Tipton, I believe Tipton, made west branch go two for like 27 or something like that so i mean three-point shot is going to be available it's whether you get convert and i think that's going to be a telling part of the second half of the season teams that are able to convert some open shots are gonna um see their success rise and those teams who struggle shooting the ball are are going to continue to struggle a little bit
1: let's <coughs> excuse me um let's take a look at the schedule here you guys uh It's like, who didn't you face early on? You guys had, uh, uh, Northeast is always a rivalry game. You guys uh, had a decent first season opener there. Uh, You guys led a lot of that game um, before falling to the Rebels. And then Monticello, Comanche, Mid-Prairie, Cascade. I'm sorry, Monticello, Comanche, Mid-Prairie right in a row. Um, you weren't able to get any of those two of those three games. You scored over 50 points, but you know, everyone uh, should know by now, you know, Monticello, Comanche, actually Comanche now has dropped out of the top 10, but um, you know, they're a team that usually is and should be up there and Monticello goodness gracious, they've moved up a class, but shoot, they might be favored to win 3A.
4: I mean, they're the real deal. Uh, If you're not prepared to play, um, a full 32 minutes full speed uh you're not going to last very long and you know looking ahead you mentioned monticello and looking at our schedule we have anamos next uh, animos is the only team um, i believe this season to score over 50 points versus monticello and um, i mean that's a tall task to ask anyone um, if you're not prepared to handle that kind of pressure um, it's gonna i mean it's gonna make you struggle they they're their core they're five guys they've had last three years are as solid as ever. And then they added new pieces with freshmen. Um, I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but a freshman player, they got a couple sophomores that are playing right now for them, um, that are contributing great minutes to them. I mean, they're averaging almost 80, 80 plus a game. So, um, to that coaching staff for having their guys prepared, ready to go. And, um, like I like I said, I think preseason, they have their sights set on something higher than just making it to state. So um, yeah. I wish them all the luck. And, uh, Hopefully, we can give them a little more trouble than the first time we faced them.
1: You guys uh, finished up strong, winning three of your last four. Uh, You know, you got Cascade again by six. Uh, That's two wins uh, in the last three times against the Cougars. You picked up a a nice win at Wilton, last-second shot uh, by Kale Unruh Uh, gave Regina a good game, and Regina's kind of a sneaky team. Um, But you know, you guys played within uh, seven of them. You guys got the Tipton win and. Um, for a while there, it was first one to 20, it seemed like, Coach.
4: <laughs> it sure did. Uh, you're absolutely right. And that's where we uh, we talked about earlier about just making sure we can convert you know, defensively, I think we're we're happy with where we're at. It's uh, a matter of just making some shots, cleaning up some of our offensive end stuff, and um, being more efficient down in that end. If, we, if we're able to do that, that keeps us um, – keeps us in the hunt for what we want to accomplish this year um, and where we want to be come district play. And and that's that's the beauty of being in a a, 1A um, school in a 2A, 3A district conference. Um, It provides us lots of opportunities to go against high-quality competition. Um, And basically, we've talked to our guys, like this is is a lot of practice games leading into our stuff. This is all just going to make you better getting in situations you know, nights where we're not shooting well. Um, you mentioned first one to 20. I think it was 31 to 24 with about three minutes left in the fourth quarter. And so we were, <clears throat> and, and credit tipped and they made a run right at the end. Um, but you know, being in that situation and understanding a lot of those juniors, a couple of, you know, a couple of new seniors that are getting some more point time haven't been in situations in close games where they've had the lead how do they handle themselves? And so, being in that situation, if we're ever in it again, it will help us in the long run um, handle ourselves a little better, a little more maturely uh, going forward.
1: Let's take a look at some of the players here. You guys have um, scoring leaders, or your one-two punch of Kale Enro and Gage Walshire. Um, both those guys are as advertised. You know, Gage uh, um, has improved greatly. Um, not greatly cause he was a good rebounder, but you know, he's increased the numbers and that's something you wanted to see. And you've talked to him about, you know, kale, one of the quickest players I've seen, uh, this season, you know, 25 assists, 17 steals, um, you know, pretty good, uh, uh, shooters here. Uh, you know, they're, they're your bread and butter.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, um, we leaned heavily on kale versus the Wilton game. Um, a lot of little one-on-one situations when they went man to try to get us open and he was feeling it. Um, then the next night we tried it again with, uh, I mean, in the same situation versus Regina. And you could tell some of his legs were, were kind of, you know, he just didn't have that same lift that he had versus the Wilton game. I mean, playing 36 or 32 minutes every single night, he's a guy that, you know, we have to count on. He can't come off the floor. And he knows that. Um, and he's up for that challenge. But uh, and that's where we talked about developing our juniors a little bit more as we go forward. I'm um, asking them to kind of lift some of that load off of his shoulders. Um, unfortunately, um, uh, Regina did a really nice job uh, of shutting down Gage Walshire that night. Um, he he had I think attempted four shots on the night versus Regina. Uh, and after talk afterwards talking to their coach a little bit, he said their number one goal was to shut down Gage, force you know force Unruh to kind of do it all. Um, and hope that none of our juniors really step up and, um, make a big case. And I think we had Peyton Lang score nine that game, but, um, again, just, just was, wasn't quite enough from, um, the rest of the team. And so developing those juniors is going to be important as we continue on the season. Um, and then just again, continuing to have Gage and, um, Kale do their part, do their heavy lifting parts of it. And I think we're going to be all right come towards the end of the season
1: talked about Tatum Lang being a guy off the bench. Uh, um, kind of can fill a couple of different roles, you know. I mean, he's not going to be the point guard, but you know, he can dribble a little bit. He can post up, and you know, he's third leading scorer, um, third leading rebounder, um, third leading steals, uh, second tied for I'm sorry, tied for third and block shots. And this, I mean, he's I don't know what six foot six foot one, uh, pretty good sized kid
4: yeah um he's put a little weight on a little little extra um weight since football just to kind of be able to bang around in the down low a little bit um unfortunately I don't think he's a uh, um i don't think he accounted for his shot to kind of fall off a little bit so he's been working on working getting the, getting his legs underneath him a little bit more um he's got a really potent shot he's a really good guy we use for our pick and pop plays when we do our ball screen offense um he's a guy that you have to you have to let him work, in, work himself into a game. He might start up a little slow. He might have a couple mistakes here and there. But if you continue to ride with him a little bit through the ups and downs, he's going to give you more up than he is down. Um, he does an excellent job in rebounding, understanding that if I'm not going to get it, I'm going to tip this thing out and make sure one of my teammates gets it. Um, and That's where he's been so invaluable late in games. It's just his rebounding ability has been... Um, Really, I mean, it's a really nice one two punch with Gage and him down there rebounding. Um, and then when we got our, our wings in there with KO and Jackson Sander, or yeah, Jackson Sander, who's about six foot two, it just makes our rebounding better. And that's, that's one of the things i stress stressed to our kids since the beginning of the year. When we rebound, it keeps us in games. And so the Tipton game, um, no, I, I'm, I'm sorry, what was it? It was either Tipton or Regina game. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was Tipton. We outrebounded them 39 to 33, but we had 18 turnovers to their 12. And so I told them, I like, go, well, the only reason we win that game is because we rebound better. Okay. The only reason they're in that game as close as they were is because we turned the ball over 18 times. So it's kind of one of those one, two kind of things, you know, fix this up and clean this up. And then, you know, the games aren't as close as you want to, or as they need to be. You can be a little, a little more stretch out, a little more comfortable.
1: After that, you guys have some players that, you know, are looking to step in and uh, fill different roles and uh, get going that way. (laughs) Devontae Chris, Jackson Sander, Joe Condon, Tyler Jackson, Jacob Sander, Nate Meyer, JT Cash also has been uh, there sometimes as well. And all those guys do something uh, um, interesting, you know, like Tyler Jackson has 34 rebounds and um, 15 assists. Uh, Some of these other guys, I just think of ball handling and good – good movement without the ball Devonte. you know has 20 rebounds 22 steals 12 uh 12 assists and he's a junior but you know he maybe he's second on the team the quickness to unruh and maybe maybe you'll tell me he's even faster i don't know
4: i uh, know i'm pretty sure kale's good still so, got just, just about every one of the conference beat with quickness um no you're right though uh you know, I, I, I talk so bad about those juniors saying that they need to step up their game offensively, but they do so many other things well. Devontae Chris, you mentioned his name is one of the best defenders. Just quickness with his eyes and hands, and knows where to be in position. Um, I like, I believe, I believe he leads the team in steals. Um, well, twenty two, and like you said, and he, he's he's always trying to up that. He's always trying to get better defensively. Um, and he does really nice jobs, kind of running our point. It, it, it takes a little pressure off of Kale, being able to have Devonte run the point guard spot, so we can get into our offenses, and teams can't just focus on okay, Kale has ball. We got to make sure Kale stops. Um, with Devontae, we can run our sets a little more cleanly. We can get going a little more cleanly with that. Tyler Jackson, a guy that fills up the stat sheets. I, I, I he's a guy that um, started the year off. Um, on the, in our starting lineup, but then had some troubles taking care of the ball with turnover issues, um, and it has since cleaned that up a little bit. Um, but for being 5'10", or whatever he is, that kid can rebound with the best of them. He, he is he is kind of a wide-bodied, wide-shouldered kid, but um, he, he usually makes the right play, right decision. He's kind of a gamer when it comes to that kind of stuff, um, but he fills them up. He, he's got great assist stats. He steals, plays great defense. Um the kid's a hustler, he's our starting running back for football and he you know he'll bowling ball pin someone off a, you know off a dribble drive, but um he, he he is essential to what we're doing. Um Joe Kahn, another name you mentioned, um one of the better shooters that I think we've had in um in in North Cedar here in the last couple of years, one of the smoothest shots. Again, his thing is it's uh it's his first real go at varsity competition and it's difficult for him to kind of figure out where he fits in just yet. He's a long lanky body. He's grown I believe 4 or 5 inches from last year, so he's still working out where he fits in that defense. I mean, what he can exactly do with his body now. Um and so we got the pieces to to make a nice little run here. It's just a matter of can we do all those things consistently and Build off each one
1: of those little successes. You guys have some fun games coming up. Uh, and, you know, Ann Wilson's close, and I keep th- I keep forgetting geographically how close they really are. Um, right. You know, yeah. that's that's a, a division game, and you've already played most of the division. You still have Bellevue as well, and then you guys come back and you have um, some. I wouldn't say region, but um, sort of, you know, on the crossover game, Durant. You, you mentioned you also have Lisbon, Bellevue, Northeast and uh you guys one thing on the that i know on the schedule is you guys play a lot of games away from clarence in the second half that looks like <laughs> yeah.
4: this is uh this is one of the brutal uh schedules this is like our first year it just feels like you're never home for very long um this was kind of our homestand this last little stretch right before break <laughs> but i believe we go four away we come home for one um away, home again, and then we do another four-game road stretch at the end of the year. Um, and so, it, you know, it becomes kind of brutal for a little bit, but, you know, getting comfortable trying to shoot in other people's gyms. Um, but, you know, you, you deal with the schedule, and, um, you know, yeah, I mean, it's just another night going out and playing in the
8: RVC.
1: Coach, I appreciate you being on the Podcast first half of the season. Hope to continue to tell the story here in the second half of the season. Good luck as you get ready for uh, the second half. Go get right, it. Thank you.
4: Appreciate it. And you want me to change?
0: Forget you I
1: i i Welcome back to the Coach Corner Podcast. We're catching a little West Branch girls basketball coach Jared Tylee. Coach, welcome on.
8: Hi Ryan, thanks again for having me.
1: We have hit the unofficial halfway points. Christmas break is a good time to Reflect and reset for some cases. Uh, how are things going?
8: Uh, things are going pretty well. I mean, um, hitting the break and and you know I, I feel like um, we've improved for the most part. We need to continue to work on some things, but we saw some really good things in that first half of the season um, and that we need to uh, learn from and and you know like i said continue to improve on on things that we're good at and and correct some mistakes but uh yeah i feel pretty good about our first half
1: eight games in seven and one and two lengthy or what i would call multiple game win streaks that's pretty good uh uh first half
8: yeah for sure and and um i felt like we played a lot on the road that first half so um i thought our kids handled it well and i mean we should i mean we're with our experience we should and um, but yeah, it's always hard to win on the road in our conference, and and to come out of that seven and one in the first half. Um, you know, obviously you want to win them all, but I thought our kids handled things very well, and, and um, uh, we're good with where we're at.
1: Five of the eight games were conference road games, so you know that it's going uh, the schedule turned around and flip a little bit here after Christmas and. You know, you guys uh, got all but one of those road games, and that's going to be helpful because, you know, you guys have pretty high goals this
8: year. Yeah, for sure. Um, we got 12 games after break, and eight of them are at home. So um, we need to do our job of taking care of our home court and finding a way to win um, those four road games. Uh, it, like I said earlier, it's it's hard to win on the road in our conference. I don't care who you're playing against. and And we need to make it tough at our place and, like I said, find a way to win on the road um, at other people's places.
1: You guys have been ranked all season going as high as number one for a stretch. In fact, I, if I remember, I think you're a preseason number one. If I'm sorry if I have that mixed up, but, um, you know, with that comes expectations. And, you know, when we talked in the preseason, you know, we talked about that. We, you know, you guys, it's not, this isn't your first rodeo and you guys have players on your roster that have been through a, a season where you're ranked highly and, you know, have been to state and, um, you you welcomed that, you know, you, you weren't like, well, shoot, <laughs> I don't want to be in that night. No, not us. We don't want to be number one.
8: <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. And and I, I feel like we've had players in our program that have helped build our program to where it's at and, and to the point where it, we have high expectations for ourselves. we We expect to, you know, contend or hopefully be towards the top of, our conference standings every year, and and if you, if you can find yourself at or towards the top of our conference standings, then it, it should bode well for the postseason as far as giving yourself a good chance to make a run, and that's always our goal and our expectation, and and nothing's changed with that this year, and um, yeah, we did start the preseason number one, and we talked about it, and and our kids were excited for it, and uh, but the only rankings, like we talked about, um, that mean anything are at the end of the year, so. You know, we we just need to continue to take care of what we need to take care of and, and uh, you know, and, and go from there.
1: Two different sets of five is what I like to think about. Uh, you guys have scored more than 60 points in five of your eight games. You guys have given up less than 50 points. In fact, less than 45 in, four, in five of those games, too. And, you know, when you play eight games and you have those margins, that's uh, – pretty successful you got you got wins coming
8: yeah and, and we have goals every game out um especially defensively we have goals and, and we try to meet those goals every time and um man they we push our kids to the limit you know with our goals and we want them uh, we we are we're always wanting more we get a little greedy sometimes but uh you know and our kids work their tails off every every day in practice and every night out and um, we just tell them that we want them to outwork our opponents, and and you know, and so, there's going to be nights where other teams are shooting the ball well, or they execute really well, and, and, and that's sports, you know, and I, and we're going to get everybody's best shot, and we know that, and and uh, you know, our kids just go out and battle every night, and that's all we ask of them, and, and uh, you know, what happens from there happens.
1: Coach, first, those highlights in your mind from this first half?
8: Sorry, say that again.
1: What are some of your highlights from this first half that you think? Uh... Um, yeah,
8: I think there's there's a few. You know, um, you know, and even in our loss against Cascade, um, you know, it, it, things were looking bleak there in the fourth quarter. And I thought one of the highlights actually came from that loss was our kids battled to get that game into overtime, and and they just made a Cascade made a few extra plays, but. You know, to be put in that position and to fight back to force it into overtime, I think hopefully that's a situation that's going to help us down the stretch. Um, You know, and then the game at Bellevue, that's a really good basketball team, hour and a half drive for us, Um, knowing that we got to play another game the next day after that. uh, I thought our kids were down a starter. I thought our kids executed extremely well and and went up and, and controlled the game and played extremely well for four quarters. Um, against a really good basketball team. So there's a couple of things that, that
1: stand out. Coach, you know, one of the things I just realized was, I mean, you've had, of the road games, you've had your furthest road trips. Uh, the only one remaining is at Mid-Prairie. And after that, pretty much everything's within, I don't know, a half hour at most um, from West Branch. That's going to be a luxury down the stretch here. Um, you have Regina twice. You know, you've played Bellevue. They're ranked now. Wilton's 6-3. and three. Um you know, Tipton's going to be improved by the next time you get around to him here in late January. West Liberties twice. I mean, they're a state-ranked team, so it'll be interesting and it'll be uh, it'll be tough, you know. But it'll be it'll be good though, too.
8: Yeah, and we have the meat of the South Division in front of us. So yeah, these are the ones that really, really count. Like you said, we got West Liberty twice, Regina twice, Mid Prairie twice, Wilton again um, Tipton again, Durant again. So yeah, it's, it's the South division for us with a couple of exceptions there in the second half. So, um, yeah, we, we've, we've stressed practicing really well over break and, and being ready to go coming out of break because there's no lightweights coming out. We have West Liberty right away and, and mid Prairie to follow that. And then I think Regina to follow that. So we have some tough competition in our own South division, right, right out of the gate. We got to be ready to go
1: let's take a look at some of the stats in the first half uh, you guys are led by three, uh, excuse me two seniors and uh sasha Koenig, Taya young uh sasha um listeners probably know this by now but you know she's a Bradley commit uh she'll join her sister Tatum and uh I'm guessing the Koenigs are gonna buy some property in uh in uh illinois <laughs> so
8: yeah um you know S- sasha has sasha has just been outstanding this first half of the season um yet you know she had back-to-back 30 point games but you know what i read something the other day the thing that stands out to me is is you always want your best players to be your hardest working players your leader um your most unselfish player, you're one of your better teammates, and she fits every single one of those things. Everybody sees the stats, but we get to see the the you know, the real Sasha every single day in practice and game in and game out. You know, I, I couldn't ask for any more. She's she's just been outstanding and and she's a she's an excellent teammate. Um her and Taya have been our leaders. And and she Sasha's always unselfish, and she wants what's best for her teammates, and she's just a gamer, and she's everything you could ask for, for as a coach. And, and uh, you know, and her sister was the same. So to have those two, I know you mentioned Tatum, so to have those two come through our program, um, it's been program-changing for us, to be honest. And Sasha's just been incredible this year so far.
1: Sasha has 24, made three sixty two 62 field goals overall. 36 assists, 26 steals. Taya, I I think of Taya the same way in a way, you know, she's a disruptor. Uh, She's quick and she's just, she takes it to her. I mean, she kind of has the, when I think of a West Branch player, I think of her, you know, just kind of a a relentless wave of uh, uh, peskiness
8: in a way. She has, uh, this has been by far her best year of basketball and, and, You know, scoring-wise, there might have been a year or so where she scored it better. But when it comes to defense and rebounding, and like you said, just being our tough, gritty player, she's it, man. I mean, she's been phenomenal. Um, And her energy and activity is what makes us go. and And Sasha's the engine, and Taya, you know, Taya's right behind, right there with the energy and the activity. And um, we need her to continue to be that way. And and she brings it every day in practice. and She's the same way. She's a great leader, a great team player, unselfish, wants what's best for her teammates, and and uh, you know and and you know those two have definitely been our leaders so far, and we need we need to them to continue to lead us, you know, throughout the rest of the season.
1: They also get to the free throw line a lot—forty-two for Sasha and thirty-four for Taya. and you know, talk about just their ability to get to the free throw line. You know, uh, teams can sometimes, uh, you know make a defensive stop or think they have a defensive stop but I've seen I've seen many times here the first half that each of them you know they can uh, take some contact and get the basket uh, get either get the basket or get the ball up to go to the free throw line
8: yeah and and you know and it's we have we stress that you know we want we need we want to get teams in foul trouble and 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 we want to get to the free throw line and And especially this year, because it's one thing to get to the free throw line, which we've done a decent job in years past, but it's another thing to make them when you get there. And our kids, I'm not sure exactly, I haven't looked lately, what our free throw percentage was, but it's definitely the best it's been um, in years. Our kids, uh, there was a game where we were 21 of 24, and I think another game where we were you know, like 16 of 19 or something like that. I mean, we had back-to-back games where we missed six free throws and shot. I think we were 37 of 43 or something like that, in a two-game stretch. And, you know, it's something we've we've always stressed and worked on, but it feels like this year our kids are really stepping up with confidence and not just getting there but making them. And it's a credit to those kids. A
1: couple other, uh, the next next group, you know, Ryland Drucker, uh, Lexi peak, Delaney, Alexis, uh, you know, rylan and Lexi are outside shooters and, uh, have given, uh, another weaponry re- out on the perimeter. Um, you know, each have had their moments of, uh, of being in the lead, you know, and, uh, um, that's the thing with you guys that is, is kind of amazing. You know, when, when you see the stats, you think, Oh, Sasha Kane always top.
8: Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, uh, you know Lex and Lainey, Ryland's. You know she's been in our program. Uh, she's been playing a lot for the last three years um, since her sophomore year, especially. And and you know we we rely on her shooting ability. She's got good instincts. Um, she's a, she's a really good passer. Um, I, I talked to her actually just today after practice, and and defensively she's had a she's had some really good practices over break here. Um, so she, you know and. She's just been a steady cons- constant for us the last few years. And Lex and Laney are kind of – they're, they're in another category where they've improved so much from last year. Like, they've stepped in. And for Lex, it doesn't always show in the statistics, but she is just steady. She works hard defensively. She makes shots when she's open. She doesn't try to do too much. She knows where to pass the ball at certain times. And she's just been a steady force and – Reliable. She plays a lot of minutes, and then there's Laney, who I think's our second leading scorer and our leading rebounder. And uh, she missed a few games, you know, in this first half, and um, she's really stepped up her game, and and she's she's figuring some things out. I mean, she's she's really getting there defensively. Um, she's always been skilled offensively, but she's just putting herself in really good positions and making good decisions. And uh, you know, in those three, we we need them to continue to. Um, be there for us to to be relied on, you know, here in the second half.
1: Delaney's had four games, uh, 13.3 points a game, and I thought she really kind of had her uh, <laughs> potentially moment of, hey, you know, I can do these things against Tipton. She uh, uh, kept the Tigers out of the lane, and, you know, she had several shot-altering uh, presence, and if I remember right, she had uh, quite a few blocked shots that night, but um, that was kind of the moment when I was like, oh, you know, it's like the rich get richer in a way. I mean, I don't say that <laughs> critically, but, you know, you guys are, that's a good problem to have.
8: Yeah, for sure. And and it, it allows us to be more aggressive on the perimeter, knowing that she's behind, the, you know, for our de- on our defense. And she has, and that's what I'm saying. She's always been skilled offensively, but defensively, I feel like she's really taken that next step. And, and she's going to con- continue to get better every day. And hopefully by the end of the year, I mean, she's going to be a force both ends of the floor
1: a couple of gals who made a couple of different starts bailey donahue and elise clinkhammer uh other uh gals that come off the bench sadie smith abby westcott kylie pickett I believe. yep um you know each of those guys do something different too you know i've seen a few of your games and you know these guys i mean these gals that come off the bench they're they're ready to go, you know. Yeah. They, they, yeah. They, they relish that. Uh, uh, shoot, that, I swear they're, they're. I know they're cheering for the other teammates, but part of me is like they're cheering. Let's get in the game. You know, it's like let's get to that point of the scoreboard and uh, let's let's get in the game here.
7: <laughs> yeah,
8: and, and you know a few of those girls, so uh, Bailey and Abby, they're seniors. Uh, you know, there we just asked them to go in and do their job, and, and Bailey's. A, they're both. Gritty, hardworking. They want to dive on the floor after every loose ball, um, you know. And they just want what's they have. They're they're the definition of great teammates. They want what's best for their teammates. But they also, you know, they battle every day in practice to be able to get those minutes, and and, and they work hard for them. And uh, you know, we just need them to not try to do too much and to continue to do their job, you know, and 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 play their role. And then Kylie and Allie um both freshmen so very green kylie's very skilled we're just constantly we we're trying to get more and more out of her she's she's athletic she can shoot it we need it we need more of more out of her on the defensive end where allie we need more out of her on the offensive end allie does everything we ask for on the defensive end that's why she got some starts she's very she knows what we're trying to do defensively she just needs to Step out of being a freshman and, and just be more aggressive and have more confidence. Which she'll get there. Yeah, and Sadie, Sadie's a sophomore. Um, uh, she she's hopefully then you know right right behind Delaney. She's she's a post presence and just need to be. We need her to play to her strength, and that is what it is. Her strength, and we need her to to just be flat out aggressive, rebounding defensively just be a presence in the paint and those all those people you know i could name a few more but all those people have have stepped in and when their time, when their name's been called they've done a good job of stepping up
1: yeah it's uh you know i see different teams each year and stuff and you know there's some teams that have players that a uh, you know they're just along for the ride you know they they're they're in the game kind of on the bench but they're you know it's like if coach calls them it's like uh it's like no, you guys, uh, you, they they they're in it and they're ready to go whenever you need to go, and that's a refreshing thing to see. You know, when you or I played back in high school, I and mean, that's how it was. You know, you that's they, they, basketball is an event, and you wanted to be a part of it. And um, if you knew you're you're going to get a couple of minutes, you were chomping the bait to get two and a half minutes. You know.
8: <laughs> yeah, yeah, ex- you're exactly right, and and honestly, we have those conversations with our kids. I specifically tell them, if I stand up and and I call your name and you haven't played in the last two games or whatever, you don't play very many minutes or whatever, if I call you to go in, you're sprinting to the scores table. And and, and, and you're prepared and and you need to play like you're going to be starting that game so you know our game plan, what we're trying to do. And and we want our kids to be prepared, whether they play – Thirty seconds or thirty minutes, they need to be ready to go because that possession that they go in for could be the most important possession of the game, and you have to be ready to go. and And I feel like our kids, for the most part, are, and and uh, they they shouldn't be surprised when they get called upon. And, and I don't think any of them really are, and they've done a great job of of you know, like I said, stepping up when their name's been called.
1: How's how's uh, practice been going here over break? Have you got some scrimmages in, or are you? Um uh, didn't we, have you been able to do any of that stuff?
8: We haven't scrimmaged and that's just more me being conservative of you know, just kinda keeping to ourselves with everything that's going on. And maybe I'm being too conservative, but we've we've had our issues already and I'm just trying to, you know, play the safe route, I guess if you want to call it that. Oh, it's um,
1: fine. I just just curious. So
8: you guys Yeah, no, no, for sure. I no, we we were offered and, and I just politely declined and uh it, usually we do scrimmage it is something we usually do and and i'm just i guess like i said just kind of playing a conservative but um we we've used the time to work you know on some individual stuff as well as a lot of team stuff and uh, you know it, we've really stressed defensive stuff which we always do in, in our practices and yeah, you know we've had two straight days of pretty much nothing but defensive stuff so um working on some different things, seeing what works best for us, um, seeing if we can try and, and do some different things coming out of break and and improve on what we've been doing. So, yeah, I, I feel like our kids have done really well and, and practiced really well um, to this point. and And it's it's something that, uh, you know, we've stressed about having a really good week of, of practice over break so we're ready to go come the second half.
1: I can imagine a West Branch player is pretty excited to come out of break going – two state-ranked West Liberty having Mid-Prairie. Uh, they've gotten some notoriety here in the first half of their play. And uh, then you end up going to Regina as well, of three game, well, three games within a seven-day period, and then you guys have some time off. So um, go hard, and uh, we'll see where we're at on the 29th or so, right?
8: Yeah, yeah. and And obviously, like I said before, these three games coming right out of break are probably three of the biggest games of the year, you know. I mean – 3 in the south division i think probably the three neck the three top teams in the south division along with us and um, yeah it's exciting and it, we start with west liberty on tuesday and we don't look ahead so um, they're they're the ones that are in front of us and it's at their place and they've played really well um, they didn't get to practice for however long and you know and had a tough game with bellevue who's a really good team and their other loss, I believe, is the North Scott, who's ranked in whatever class they're in. And, you know, so um, and then that West Liberty just beat Cascade pretty soundly, who beat us. So they're going to be a really, really good basketball team. And you could see it last year and even the year before um, they're, they're, They got everything. You know, they got the makings for a really good team. And we're going to have to be really
7: prepared and really ready to go for for Tuesday because it's going to be a battle.
1: Coach, thanks for coming on the podcast here over a break, taking time uh, out of your schedule on this, uh, uh, your time off. Appreciate it. We'll keep talking here as the second half unfolds and uh, see where things go.
8: All right, Ryan. Hey, and, and publicly thank you for doing this. You know, I, not a lot of people get the opportunity. I thoroughly enjoy it. I really do, and I appreciate you doing this podcast, and, and hopefully there's plenty of listeners out there. Um, So thank you. And hopefully you guys had a Merry Christmas and even a a better new year and looking forward to 2021. So thanks and, and go Bears.
1: Welcome back to the Coach Mortar Podcast. We're catching up with Tipton Wrestling Coach Matt Neerham. Coach, welcome on. Thanks, Ryan. We're sitting at the unofficial halfway point of the season. Christmas break is here. How are things going?
7: Well, um, typical kind of Christmas break. Uh, We, you know, took a little time off right before Christmas. You know, that week before we had a couple practices early in the week, but then the guys had about five days off with, you know, no wrestling or, or any kind of structured practice. Hopefully they, you know, got a workout or two in on their own over that time. But then uh, this this past week here, we've been back at it and uh, has have been working, working really hard and uh, been in the weight room and the practice room. Uh, and I think we're making some steps forward. So it's been good.
1: It seems like forever ago since we talked uh, uh, preseason, you know, it's only been about, I don't know, 35, 40 days, give or take, I guess. Um, but a lot's happened in that time. You know, you look at um, who's where and uh, what we've, how many uh, events we've got, uh, uh, competition dates we've gotten in. And are we past that point now where it's like, hey, you know, you know, you still have the safety measures in place for the COVID stuff, but, you know, is it kind of an exhale, exhale, mo- uh, exhale moment sort of where it's like, you know, hey, it feels like wrestling season. Let's go. I, was there a point yeah. of that in the first half here?
7: Well, you know, the first first couple of weeks started out kind of strange with you know myself. I was quarantined for a couple of weeks there, and and my son, and and we had some other guys that missed some time. Um, but I think you know, especially with wrestling, I think there was a lot of you know question marks kind of going into the season, like how COVID was going to affect. Affect our season, affect your ability to wrestle because it's such a close contact sport. And, uh, I don't know. I think, I think to some degree, you know, some of those uh, fears or questions have been, you know, kind of set aside. Obviously we've been, we've been impacted by, you know, the whole COVID thing. Um, obviously we're, you know, we're doing what we can to still implement, you know, safety measures and precautions and wearing masks when we can and that kind of thing. Um, but I, but I think to some degree, like you said, I think we've kind of gotten past the point where we're, yeah, we're still dealing with that. But it's it feels like wrestling season. Yeah, to answer your question, I think uh, we're kind of in the groove. And and like I said, we've we've had some guys that have missed some time, you know, for one reason or another. But uh, you know, we're making the best of it, and we're we're moving forward.
1: You guys have. Um a larger senior class back and the guys that are in the senior class are, have been some of the, uh, leaders over the years. And this year is no different. Um, I'm talking about Jack Bolt, Niall Shutt, Carson Charves, um, Peyton Elijah, and I'm missing one.
7: <laughs> Brandon, Vallette.
1: Brandon Vallette. Sorry to the Vallettes. I, I keep getting Carson and Brandon mixed up sometimes because of the red hair, you know, but anyway, you know, talk about the seniors and, you know, they, uh, they've given some good leadership here in the first half.
7: Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, um, obviously, you know, Niles kind of led the way, you know, he's kind of a a big presence uh, on any team, Uh, just not only from his physical stature, but also just from his leadership ability and kind of, takes charge and, and works hard and leads by example, too, and, and so he's a great asset to any team. But uh, you know, all those other seniors, Jack, uh, Jack Bolt's a guy that's been, you know, just kind of quietly always does his job and is always working hard and, and that kind of thing, and so he's, you know, definitely a great asset to the team. But, uh, you know, Peyton and Brandon have been wrestling quite a while, and, uh, you know, they're Carving out spots for themselves in the lineup, and uh, have been looking good so far. And, and uh, as well as Lake Anderson, and and uh, obviously Peyton Elijah is new to wrestling this year, but uh, he's been a, a great a great addition to the team this year. Um, again, kind of quietly just does his job and, and works hard and leads by example. And obviously, I think you know because of his position on the football team this year and, and all the success he had there i think he's a guy that uh, the rest of the team looks to you know um just kind of a natural leader so yeah been real happy with our seniors so far this year and uh look for the look for that to continue
1: i'd be remiss if i didn't uh, throw this uh nugget out there and everyone knows but it's always fun to say too when you have this amount of uh people involved you know peyton nile and jack y'all had uh were named all-state football this past, for their efforts this past fall. And uh, it's always, uh, there's no coincidence that, uh, you know, uh, uh, football is good. Wrestling and and football kind of go hand-in-hand sometimes.
7: Well, I would definitely agree with that. Um, I think just kind of the physical nature of both sports uh, lend themselves to each other and and a lot of the skills that you use in, in football, you know, for example, tackling and, blocking are all about body position and, and that kind of thing. And I think wrestling is a, is a great way to learn some of those skills and, and, uh, they just, they complement each other very well.
1: Coach, let's look at some of the highlights here. We'll look at duels. We'll look at tournaments here. Uh, we were involved in, um, some of each obviously. Um, so as far as, uh, you know, Tipton tournament, Regina tournament, um, you know, the Zimmerman invitation was rescheduled um, to here coming up uh, this Saturday. You guys are getting ready to get back at it um, here, Central al It's always uh, a good time to get away, and you guys really enjoy getting up there and seeing some old uh, Tigers uh, over the course of time uh, with Borman up that way. Um Help. How is how? What what are you going to take? We're not going to go through each individual tournament or each individual guy, but you know what sort of things can you separate the duels and the and the tournaments and talk about some of the tournament highlights?
7: Yeah. Um, well, obviously, we you know we've only had two tournaments so far. With you know, we only had the Chip and Invitational, and then and then of course uh, the Zimmerman at Makokata was was rescheduled, and we're not going to be able to attend that now because rescheduled it for this Saturday, and we already had a tournament, like you said, at al on our schedule, so we'll be going to that. But uh, um, I guess one thing that just I want to add that just kind of stands out is, you know, we lost that tournament. Um, we've had some guys, like, in and out of the lineup. Um, kind of one thing just that stands out to me from the start of the season here is we've got most of our guys are, have about between 8 and 12 matches you know, going at, at this point in the season where a lot of times we'll have, you know, 16, 18 matches. So it's been a, a little bit of a difference, uh, you know, first half of the season. And obviously, you know, three or four of those matches might have come at, uh, you know, at the, the Makoka Invitational that, that we didn't have. And, and uh, but uh, it's just been a little bit strange. But, uh, you know, I feel like we, we have progressed, you um, uh, I really feel like we kind of hit our stride at the, uh, at the Regina Invitational a couple weeks ago. Um, just had some guys that, that kind of stepped up and kind of stepped through. Um, and we started to get into what I would call, you know, kind of late, uh, first half of the season kind of shape and technique and that kind of thing. And I, I think it happened a little slower just because of, Guys missing matches and, and not uh, having as many matches in at this point of the season. If I'm if I'm making sense there, but uh, we had uh, I think we had four guys in the finals over at Regina. Um, Caleb Nearham ended up being the champion over there, and then we had Niall Shutt and Jack Bolt, and Skyler Schmidt, um, who were also in in the finals. Um, so. You know, won some matches to, to get to the championship match. Uh, but there was some well, some tough competition there. Um, it's not a, oh, it's, it's not a, a tournament that I would call, you know, a powerhouse type tournament where you've got, you know, three, four, five of the top-ranked teams in the state. But, but there's definitely some, some good competition there. Um, we also had Peyton Elijah that ended up placing third place there. Um and uh, we had a couple fourths, and I'm trying to think. It's been a couple weeks ago now, Ryan, so I'm trying to think back. But uh, I just really felt like kind of that tournament, uh, we kind of hit our stride and, and felt like guys uh, were coming along,
1: and it was a good way to kind of end the first half of the season for us. We've had uh, some highlights individually. You know, you look at Peyton, uh, I'll lead off there. You know, a, a guy who uh, his first week on the mat, he got his first uh, victory, which was a, a fall And, you know, Niall had a really good match in a duel against a ranked wrestler. Um, You go, Caleb came back and he's been on fire. Skyrim Schmitz, in my opinion, has lived up to what what he can do. Um, It's been fun to watch the next guys uh, take that next step. A a year older, a year wiser, a year uh, stronger on the mat and why you shift over to the duels, uh, what's some of the duels highlights, you know, when you look at the opponents besides the conference, you know, we were, we had new London, alburnett um, Maquoketa, um, some of those, uh, you know, so, uh, yeah. Well, it, the thing is, it, this season,
7: we're, we're not quite the, the dual made team that we were a year ago. Um, Part of that is just being able to fill the lineup. Um, I think wrestling is maybe the toughest sport um, in high school athletics to fill a full lineup. You know, uh, football. I know you need 11 guys on the field, but they they can be any shape or size. Uh, in wrestling, you got to have 14 guys to fill a lineup. and They've got to be all different weights. You know, they got to be all different weights and sizes. So I think it's very difficult to to fill a to fill a 14 man lineup, especially for a 1A school or uh, we're a 2A um, but we're on the smaller end of that of 2A schools so it's kind of hard for us to fill lineup we currently started out the year we were forfeiting 5 weight classes out of those out of those 14 and we've got numbers but we've also got several weights where we're doubled up where we've got 2 or 3 guys uh, you know 152 160 kind of right in that range so makes it hard for us to to be real competitive um, from a dual-meet standpoint. Um, That being said, um, I think there's only been one meet where we were really out of it, um, and that wasn't uh, necessarily because of forfeits. We just didn't wrestle very well that night. So um, I don't even know what our our dual record is at the moment. Um, I know we haven't won very many, but there's been several that were close. We had one that we – we tied and lost on criteria um, those kind of things but you know we've got to understand that when you when you forfeit three or four weights or whatever you're not going to be overly competitive as a team um, you just got to concentrate on going out and winning individual matches and helping individuals get better um, work on the things that they need to do to, to have success individually and you know if you do that then Hopefully some, some team wins will come along with it. But, uh, you know, when you can't fill all those weights, it makes it hard to be, you know, real competitive as a team. So
1: Let's take a look at some of the um, stats, as you will. We're not going to run through everything, but uh, a few key ones. You know, right now Niles has 11 wins, sixty nine 19 points, 7 falls. Skylar Schmidt, 74 points, 9 wins, 7 falls. Those two guys will lead us in... Pins or falls, as you will, um, and they're the top two uh, records right now.
7: Yeah, and when you get pins, that's obviously more team points. So um, those guys have been been real key. Um, you know, say any success we've had, both in duels or in you know tournaments, and and I'll say I didn't mention this before, but I think we have placed fourth at the at the Regina meet at that tournament out of. I think there was 12 teams there, 11 teams. Uh, we placed fourth, and and that was with only taking. I think we we wrestled nine guys that day. Um, we had uh, one individual that was was out of the lineup, and then we like I said we don't have it didn't have a 30, 13 pounder, or 126 pounder, uh, or 95 pounder, um, or a 170 pounder that day. So. Um, and we didn't have a 120 because because he was out of the out of the lineup. But uh, so yeah, we took nine guys over there and, and ended up placing fourth out of out of 11 teams. So that was a pretty pretty good. And obviously, you know, Niall and, and Skyler uh, big big part of that.
1: Landon Holub has uh, seven wins. He's had some JV matches in there as well. Um, Justin Sorganfry, Caleb Niren, each with seven. You know. Tristan is one of those guys I was talking about, you know, taking the next step, you know, you're older, you're stronger and you're wiser.
7: Yeah. Um, obviously he's uh, got a lot of wrestling experience, been wrestling a long time. Um, had a, had a good season last year as a freshman, um, been in the weight room. Uh, I feel like he's a little bit stronger this year. Um, did miss some time, um, on the mat and, uh, I think he's got 10 matches in right now, but been wrestling well. I think he's going to drop down a weight class. Um, He's been wrestling 120. Um, I think he's going to look to go to 113 maybe even this weekend, um, which I think would be a a good weight for him. Um, Of course, after the Christmas break here, we get a two-pound allowance uh, as far as weight goes. So once you've made your lowest weight, then you can get a two-pound allowance. So, um, he'll have to make one thirteen at least once, and then after that he'll get to two pounds. But I think that would, I think that'll be a good move for him. Um, he's a little bit undersized at one twenty, but you know, still like you said, the seven wins so far, been wrestling pretty well.
1: Talk about Caleb, uh, you know, getting persevering through. Uh, you know, he's probably chomping at the bit, wanting to get on the mat, wanting to get better. You know, uh, get into matches and, at meets and stuff. But you know, this COVID thing is. And, you know, I'm sure you didn't have to say much to Caleb to, when he came back to get him fired up.
7: Yeah, I think he was ready to go. Um, you know, like me, he missed the first two weeks of the season. So um, we got into meets there. He he, he missed our first uh, duel, which was a quad, actually. So he missed out on three matches there. And then he didn't wrestle in our tournament, which was probably another three or four matches. And then, of course, the... The Makoka tournament got canceled, so you know it, it took him a little longer um, to get, I think, into stride. But uh, he really r- wrestled pretty well over at Regina um, right before right before break on the nineteenth, and um, had had a uh, in fact he. He wrestled the the guys that, that play second, third, and fourth in that bracket. So, I mean, he wrestled all the tougher guys in that bracket. I think one of them was a state qualifier last year, maybe two of them, and uh, uh, had some close matches but uh, but wrestled smart and uh, working hard and, and doing the right things and, and had some good wins. So really felt good about that tournament for him as far as feeling like he was on the right track. And, you know, even though he hasn't wrestled very many matches yet this season that um, uh, it's going the right direction there. So I was really, really happy
1: with him. Like some of the other guys uh, that we've already mentioned, uh, Caleb's gotten uh, results uh, for, for the most simple terms. Uh, you know, in his seven matches, he leads us with five decision wins, six, excuse me, five decision wins and a major decision victory. Um, so, you know, it's not just that's one thing I look at, you know cynical me sometimes is like, yeah, but, you know, how many forfeits do they have or how many forfeits have right. they gotten, you know? And, um, it's something I need to rid myself of, uh, I admit, but, you know, um, it is what it is and, you know, forfeits count as winnings as well. Um, but yeah, you know, we've had up and down here. Um, the theme I want to convey to the listeners is we've, we've been efficient when we've, uh, with our victories.
7: Yeah. Um,
1: if there's such a uh, thing as that, I should say. What's that? If there's if there's such a thing as that. I'm not trying to introduce some sort of new stat or something, but, um, you know, it's like when you wrestle, you want a result. Good, bad, ugly, you want a result. You, you don't want your hand raised, you know. Um, you'll take it, but, you know, you want to – you want to go toe-to-toe with somebody is
7: kind well, of definitely, you know, especially at this point in the season, we'd, I'd rather see guys getting matches than going out and getting forfeits, and, and everybody would rather see that. The fans would rather see matches. Uh, <laughs> coaches would rather see matches. And wrestlers, quite honestly, would rather go out and wrestle a match and, and, and earn a victory than, <clears throat> and, you know, just get their hand raised because because the other team can't put somebody out. and So, yeah, I think uh, for the most part, uh, we've, we've had to earn our victories this season.
1: Next line is uh, Aiden Graves, Jack Bolt, Michael Puffer. Uh, Graves um, has a lot of JV stuff. Um, Jack has been uh, um, kind of claimed the 220 class here this year. And uh, Michael Puffer is kind of one of those uh, newbies that uh, um, is getting his feet wet in the lower classes.
7: Yeah, um, we'll talk about Jack just real quick. Um, Jack's the guy I mentioned earlier that <clears throat> has worked really hard, uh, always works really hard. Um, last couple seasons, he's kind of waited uh, in the wings. You know, he's had a couple pretty tough guys in front of him with, with Jesse Leaser, um, a heavyweight, and, and Nile Shutt, you know, at 220 the last couple of years. And Dex just bided his time, and he's one of the guys that made those two guys good uh, by being a great practice room partner. And, and this year, uh, obviously, had an opportunity to, be, to get in the lineup. And it was at 220, so he lost 20 pounds and, and got down to weight and and has been just working really hard. Unfortunately, Jack uh, hurt his ankle at practice here the other night, and uh, uh, kind of the re- re- remainder of the season is, is in question for him a little bit. Uh, a fracture to his fibula, and uh, just one of those things, And uh, you know, practice just – Got pushed one way and foot didn't move. I don't think, and um, just just a bad deal. So I feel feel really bad for Jack. Really, he's worked really hard, and he's, he's kind of bite. Like I said, bided his time to to get his chance to to be a varsity wrestler. And and not that he hasn't wrestled some varsity matches before when we we've, we've needed him. He's always been ready to step in and and fill a spot for us. But this was kind of his first uh, you know year as being that varsity starter, and, and, uh, and right now it's it's looking like uh, not too good for for the rest of the season for him. So I really feel really bad about that for Jack.
1: You guys have, um, after that, two guys with five wins, Peyton Elijah, Colin Nash, uh, uh, a senior. And uh, Colin, uh, um, you can kind of make a case that both these guys, uh, you know, they're getting their first – uh, true uh, extended look for varsity, even though you know the the grade levels are not the same,
7: right? You know, we talked about Peyton a little bit before. Just his, you know, I mean, he's a senior. He's an athlete. Um, he's been competitive in every sport he's ever tried and or that he's participated in, and and you know. This year he decided he wanted to try wrestling and, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's going well for him. I've been really, really pleased with what I've seen from Peyton so far. He, he does some things just really naturally, um, because he's just a pretty, pretty talented athlete. Um, he's got good body awareness. Sometimes you see good athletes that come out for wrestling that, that don't see that success. Um, I think some of that's due to just, body awareness and knowing where you are, where what well, position your body's in and, and he's pretty good there. Just naturally knows when he's out of position, when he's in trouble, kinda knows when to, to give something up or to go for something. Um and we've seen that um in the win column from him so far. So he's he's had some success. I think he like said I think he placed uh, third at Regina. Um not sure if he didn't place third at our tournament also. So, you know, he's, he's right there being competitive. Um, who's the other guy? Colin Nash. Colin is a guy that, uh, you know, last year was a JV wrestler for us, um, was behind, uh, an upperclassman, um, at his weight. And, uh, this year he's getting the opportunity. Um, I've seen some growth from, from Colin in in the weight room, um, which is, which is helping him a lot. And then, uh, also, we've, we've, especially the last couple weeks here, we've been able to start to work individually with guys on things that, that they need to, you know, kind of get better at, and I've spent some time with Colin, and I've seen him in our practice room um, really grow here the last couple weeks, just uh, kind of fine-tuning some skills, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing him back on the mat here after Christmas to, to see how that translates to, to matches, and, and hopefully
1: some more success on the mat. I'm going to lump the rest of the guys together. They're part of 17 Tigers with at least one victory on the mat this year. They are Brandon Vallette, Zeke Graves, Wyatt Lashmit, Carson Charles, Lake Anderson, Fred Paul, and Danny Pearson. So, you know, coach, 17 guys with at least one victory. Um, people in that, that group kind of um, all over the place with uh, different stories and stuff. But, you know, Everyone has their own story. You guys have, uh, that has to be exciting to have 17 different guys have at least one match. Now, Grant, maybe they're not all varsity matches, but, um, you know, getting a match win goes a long way um, in a wrestler's uh, uh, psyche. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we just need to, some of those guys just
7: need to keep getting some more matches here and uh, continue to grow and, and work but uh, all those guys you mentioned have been been working hard and uh, um, are a huge part of our team. You know, every every guy every guy in that room is, is a contributor. Um, whether you're going out and wrestling in varsity matches or whether you're um, you know pushing those varsity guys in the practice room, whether you're a training partner for that guy in the practice room, helping him get better and yourself get better. Um, Everybody contributes, and that—that's the beauty, I think, of, of wrestling. Um, everybody, everybody helps and helps each other out. Um, and uh, you know, if you're working hard in the practice room, making yourself better, you're going to make guys around you better too. So, I just think that's something that's kind of unique to wrestling, and, and everybody's got their their opportunity. You know, like talked about Jack's injury. You know, Lake Anderson's a guy that's been in there busting his butt for three years, and. He's going to get a chance now to step out at, at 220 and, and uh, you know, get some more match time, get some varsity time here and, and contribute to this team, you know, not, not just in the practice room, but, uh, you know, in, in dual meets and tournaments. So
1: I think I'll leave off, uh, before I let you go here, um, touch on this. You know, the postseason assignments are out, and for the first time in quite a long time, we don't go through Davenport Assumption one way or the other.
7: Yeah, we, uh, we go to West Delaware, is that
1: right? We do. So, you know, you trade one for another, but we do see different teams at sectionals. We have Anamosa, Center Centerpoint Urbana, Monticello, Mount Vernon, Waller, and uh, West Delaware on one side. We go to DeWitt, and the teams we'll be up against would be Comanche, DeWitt, Magokada, Solon, and West Liberty. So, yeah, um, definitely uh – a little different look
7: for us. I mean, some of those teams we've seen as sectionals in the past, like Solon and Central DeWitt, that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely going to be a different look for us this year. And I really, don't approach it any differently. We got to, we got to go and, and uh, you know, just keep working hard every day in the room. And and uh, we have our chance to compete. Try to get better every match, and and uh, get ourselves in the best possible position to. To be successful at
1: the end of the year, four weeks from Saturday will be the conference tournament. Um, that's crazy to say out loud. Um, sectionals are on February sixth. Districts February thirteenth uh, at New Hampton, um, and then state's following week. So, coach, we're going to ramp it up here, and uh, I'm sure the guys are excited. You're excited to uh, continue this story. We'll talk about it each uh, week here. We'll um, and good luck. We'll get them. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you for listening to the Coach's Corner podcast. You can find the podcast on iTunes or follow the link posted on the Tipton Conservative Sports Facebook page. Have a great holiday weekend, everybody. And Until next time, we'll see you at the game.